we intend to offend, we will offend. And if you have a delicate sensibility, click the X button in the corner, or if you're on a Mac, the red button in the left corner. Monty, welcome to the show of offending people. Well, um, it never happened and I make shit up. Uh, so, just yeah, uh, for the last couple of weeks, everyone that has asked for a reading, uh, apparently you're all from Scotland, from Hurley in Scotland. Uh, and you all live the same lives. It's very metaphysical, where because we're all one, <coughs> and I can't read the Acacia records. I didn't even have a card. Meow, meow, meow. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another Friday comedy show. I'm joined by Montessori's Dean Rex, Melissa Hawking-Hughes, and Bruce, the node internet McDonald, when he arrives from Costa Rica. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We intend to offend you tonight. So any delicate people out there that are snowflakes, the heat has been turned on and you shall melt away. Yes. And so I agree, Patty. The first thing that was said in the chat room that I saw was Patty saying, she was mentioning your naked face, Andrew. And that was the first yes. thing I said to you, Patty. You <laughs> all should be you should all be used. You should all be used to it. Uh, if anybody in the chat room will talk about in previous moments where suddenly the chin has appeared. And Robert Robert has promised that he's going to do a cut take of all the different beards that have come and gone over the years. It's just the first or second time. It freaks out. You you get over the freak out after the first, you know, give it six months. And, you know, by the the ninth month, like, ah, chin's back. Yeah. Well, this one, I. I, Well, you're nude as well, Mont. Your, Your face is nude as well. I mean, was this discussed? Is Bruce go? Oh, Bruce was nude last week, wasn't he? His face is naked as well. What's yeah. going on? Is this a, is this a trend amongst you that I should know about? Well, actually, well, um, I can only grow a certain length because I've got a bald patch right there, and I don't like it. I have to walk around <laughs> thinking all the time. <laughs> mm. So, gentlemen and ladies that are in the chat room or on YouTube and want to come in and be a part of the chat room where we will answer questions from the chat, you must be in the Zoom room. Robert's going to put up all of the information for you to come into the Zoom room. So, if you are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, or anywhere else, please come into the Zoom room. All right, guys and gals, because of our pre-talk, Um, uh, Earlier this week, I had a very unique session, Uh, a lady who has been a professional Brazilian waxer for 20 years. Now, that is the first time that is the first time I have done a single person who is a professional Brazilian waxer. And let me tell you the karma on this lady. I want to first say very grounded woman, very high in her spirituality, but I was so surprised at the nature of the job. Like the things that they do down there, they cornrow vaginal hairs. You know, the Hitler mustache, they put a special space between your butt and your other part, and they put a Hitler stash down there. Okay. They do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, well, I knew it. We, I, we opened the show on the topic of naked, didn't we? So we've asked for this. But, um, I knew but. of a girl that actually got a a, um, a stick figure uh, with a lawnmower just at the right point of the triangle of the pubic hair. 
So the same lady in the years of doing this had the picture of a house with a line through it because the lady was a home wrecker. Okay. So everyone in the chat room, what do you think this lady's karma was of her professional Brazilian waxer for 20 years? Okay. <laughs> My wax didn't go so well. <laughs> well, well while, we're, uh, while we're waiting for the answers on what the karma is from this, now, uh, as many as many of you know, I actually have uh, a lot of kids and I've got four girls, uh, four daughters, and as they've become young ladies, this has become, you know, okay, you tidy up downstairs. It's a bit of a lesson that you teach them. When you go to a Brazilian waxer, they are remarkably, they're like seeing a nurse. They're like seeing a doctor. They just see this stuff every 15 minutes for however many years they've been doing it, like this lady, 20 odd years. And so they are so matter of fact, they've seen everything they've got. But if you're new to it, you've really got to warn your teenage daughter about it. Like <laughs> you've got to say, look, this is really, it's for them, it's matter of fact, it's every 15 minutes for the first go up to, or the first comer to having a Brazilian wax of it or a wax job of any sort downstairs. Um, it's quite the trauma and you have to brace your kids for it. Like if, as a mother, I've had to sort of say, this is what's going to happen. She's just going to, yeah, and she's going to make your leg go up there and she's going to so bend you in. This yeah, and then, then hot goo is going to be placed on your skin where it's hair and then it's put the some type of, of, let me finish because I haven't had it done. And I'm going to explain why. So you get some <laughs> hot goo, put it onto your hair. Then there's some type of uh, cloth or bandage or something, and that sits there till it, 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 it adheses to it. And then four million hairs are ripped out of your skin at all at one time, at the root, and at record speed. Yeah, like they move like lightning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know that whole uh, rip it off like a band-aid yeah they've taken it to the nth degree i want to know why is it why is why is it referred to as a brazilian did someone in brazil come up with this torture i mean uh, procedure because of the brazilian bikini that was was basically butt floss oh yeah yeah okay yes so you had no hair showing up to the left or the right of the floss yeah, yeah. I'm wearing strings. <laughs> Floss, that, that, not the string. Creativity. Like, as you said, Andrew, the creativity of these, they're, they're artists, some of these people. And the stuff, the offers that you have when you go in about what, what colours you want, what sort of... Now, believe it or not, the idea is ripping the hair out and actually not having hair. And yet now one of the most popular things is extensions downstairs. Yes, yes. You actually get multicoloured hair extensions in all sorts of areas. Right. Uh, like pigtail, like pigtails for your pubic bone. <laughs> so <laughs> I laughed when she said she regularly cornrows those types of hairs and braids them down there and everything. And uh, they use them like a motorcycle handle when their men are going down on them. Mm. There's, there's all <laughs> sorts of options. And it's just, um, but yeah, it is for, for, the person actually doing it for the technician or the specialist that's actually doing it, it's all incredibly matter of fact. For someone that's new there, like you really have to brace, brace your daughters when they're first going in just mm. to get there. Even if you're just going in for a quick tidy up for the beach or something, you've got to brace. I, them I asked her, how, how did she get into this work? And quite literally, her neighbor was doing it out of her basement and was so overwhelmed with work. She said, just come here and watch what I do. And she said, my first set of 20 or 30 were probably the most painful ones that I've done. Mm -hmm. And then it just reached the point, 
you prepare them. It's like getting a kid ready for a shot. Okay. You know, and then, you know, getting I'm them, getting them relaxed. Right. <laughs> so for yeah. all you who want Monty to go and have a Brazilian wax for the first time, <laughs> type yes in the chat room. Yes. And, then real life, yes. and, and then prepare for disappointment. <laughs> We will start up a GoFundMe campaign for Monty's first Brazilian wax. Uh, well, remember that uh, my body's a temple, so that means I'm tax exempt. All right. I've just uh, put my yes in. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> you have a group on in Australia. <laughs> no, probably not at the moment. We're in the middle of winter. So... <laughs> that person is a menace to society. Do you know what she's wearing around her neck? Do you know what she's wearing around her neck? Do you know what she what she's wearing around her neck? GPS tracker. It should no. be on her ankle. It's an it's an ozone machine. Okay. Well, because she's so large. Is that a no. face joke? No, no, no. It's an ozone machine. It's it's something people with heavy duty mental illnesses that psychologists give them. Okay. She has a, a phobia of germs. Okay. She uh, went into a Brazilian wax type person and wanted to have a Brazilian and they said no. And so she uh, went nuts and tried to sue them. It's like that whole, because uh, strangely enough, the people there, like, they like to do Brazilians on the original equipment and she has his original equipment. It's that whole Alan Elliot Page thing again. <laughs> Elliot Page done great work. No, he hasn't. She did. <laughs> so anyway. So oh, what is the lady's karma? I did not see anyone type anything in there. We must have some people in here who need motivation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> careful. Everyone's going to, Andrew's going to call everyone. She can shits again. Oh, no Melinda, clue. no clue bullshit. You're just not tapping into your into your your intelligence of I, what a Brazilian I, waxer could be. I, I, uh, I would say, uh, like, I'm, she's collecting karma from the last 17,000 lifetimes. And she's like, yeah, remember back in Germany? And that one time where you stabbed me on the field of battle in France? Rip. Uh, well, in terms of like my first answer to this would be what well, I would dance around the topic of karma and purely just karma, not this life's contract or anything like that. Clearly she's got, she's got stuff in her history where she's worked in, it would have to be in something torturous. It'd have to be in a role of torture somewhere to be doing that because this is, it's a bizarre thing to be doing this in the most sensitive area of the human body, you know, professionally and actually getting paid in this lifetime. Good job. But I'll guarantee she's got a past history past lives 10 15 lives um in some sort of torture role in her past life in terms of the karma that's come through from that as well but um what else would she have in there karmically what is this and so karmically in this life what she's creating that's fascinating i don't i've got no uh -huh. idea what, that would be. what is the karmic soup around her cleaning uh -huh. up down there cleaning a person up down there hmm. That's what okay. spiritual hygiene is going is on? Exactly. Yeah. Well, spiritual hygiene, that's of course. Um, can I unleash Andrew? What is it? Well, obviously, she had some Spanish Inquisition karma going on. 
I didn't expect that. <laughs> I like that one, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Monty's evil laugh. <laughs> So what is she creating in this life? What's going on with the, the role this time around? She's a highly spiritual person, very, very grounded, just wanted to know about really her past lives. She's, she's got her own spiritual practice, ex-Catholic, recovered from it. Um, two kids, you know, kids having their own issues, trying to figure out what to do in life. You know, she tried getting them into the waxing business, but they did, they couldn't handle it. So one's trying to become a lawyer and another one's trying to do some kind of fashion stuff. So <laughs> enough, still, still in a painful career. Yeah. <laughs> kind of ironic. So, well, on the topic of this too, like um, we could go into like, I was just looking it up. I saw the article a few days ago. I can't remember where it is now. There's 15 countries in the world where sex work is illegal now. And, but there was one that just just actually passed all the bills and all the good stuff they need to to make sex workers legal again. That was this week. And I actually, I've been digging and I can't find the article. It actually came out through mainstream, like Rupert Murdoch Media, which was quite fascinating that they'd announced that through there. So obviously they're big supporters of it. But because um, there's places like the Netherlands and places like that where it's been legal for a while. Sex workers should be legal. The, the whole, I mean, that's really old school religion that drives the laws like yeah. it's all like yeah it's all what, 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 what was the second profession the first profession was fishing mm. <laughs> the second profession <laughs> was sex worker but you look back to like ancient rome places like that and the sex workers were actually the muses they were considered they were actually revered respected truly honored yeah, unless they um, were unless they were tied to the post and fucked until they died, which was common in the Roman Empire, what they did to slaves when they didn't obey. Because <laughs> nobody really wants to talk about the dirty part of Rome. Yeah, uh, well, and remember the, the Romans were gender inclusive. It didn't matter male or female. Right. They didn't think, yeah, they weren't homosexual, but they just butt fucked their slave. And and he's he's walking funny, but it was weird. Like, oh no, I'm not a, I'm attracted to women, but you just had yeah, yeah, yeah. My, there wasn't a girl close by. Just need Rome, the variety. Rome's you just need weird. the variety every now and then. Yeah, just just you know, pep up the spirits, clean the pipes. <laughs> but let's get back to the whole. I, I was telling a story earlier, and I thought I'd save it for the show. But um, one of the things, like I had a uh, at one of the courses I was teaching, it was a smaller one. There was only about eighty people at it, and, and those ones that we tend to, I sit down and actually reintroduce us where they've come from because there's no accidents, right? Everyone that's in that room is there to learn from each other. And uh, I had one girl as we're going around, gorgeous young girl, and she said um, she was a massage therapist. Now, just so you know, if you ever come to my low programs, um, when I look at you, I see the whole of who you are. So I can, there's no point pretending around me because I can see who you are. I don't out people. That's not what I'm here to do. But um, this particular girl, it was too important that she actually shared what she did. So she announced that she was a massage therapist. And I said, okay, well, we can call it that if that's what you want to call it. Or you could just tell everyone here in this safe space what you actually do for a living. And she was a sex worker and a very good one, highly revered, worked in the best um, brothel in Melbourne in Australia. 
That's uh, uh, for those looking for it. It's called no, Gotham. no, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, don't give them free advertising unless they any. <laughs> but the reason I, someone's just in the chat room said revered. Um, you should revere sex workers at the moment. They are so essential. People have become so mis, uh, misdirected by what sex is. Porn's done such damage to what you think sex is. Uh, and sex, human connection, we are a pack animal. Human connection is really important and sex is awesome. That's one of the best ways to do it. Now, like, it's uh, many, many <laughs> this people just have in. on this topic. This just in. <laughs> It's just in. A woman with five children has says sex is wonderful. Back to you, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> but, um, look, I'm a big fan of it because it's critical to the human experience. How, how big of a fan are you? Uh, let's not get into that. Come on. <laughs> this is a comedy but, show. Ah, you opened the door. Yeah, comedy, not confession. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How big was it? It's, that's worst joke structure. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to focus on what I'm saying. The chat room is hysterical at the moment. But um, so, so, yeah, this this is a whole other topic we can go right into about just how important this is, how ridiculous a contaminant it's become in terms of some delusion of moral. Um, but it's, and we can thank, you know, the Catholic Church in particular, but an awful lot of churches and all the rest. And really, why would you listen to them? They're known for raping young boys. Yeah, negative, negative, we're going to that. But in terms of, um, in terms of going back to the story of the Brazilian waxer, and I do want to get more into what her karma is and what she's doing, but um, uh, anyone that's not sexually experienced, that's just it. If you're sending someone young to go and have their first Brazilian wax with a professional one that's been, professional waxer that's, obviously really good at their job, particularly for someone sort of sexually inexperienced, you need to really warn them what's going to go on or it actually becomes quite a trauma and literally so if they don't know what's going on. But, um, and that adds, I'm sure that adds to the karmic soup of what's around these professional Brazilian waxes. But <laughs> what are they doing to the young people? Because it's male and female that go to them. Um, Traumatised. That are going in there. You know, I had to ask because I went over time with this lady after I went through the questions <laughs> that she had. I'm like, I got to know that just things that I got. I got to know. So like, you know, like, so, you know, what's what's it like doing that job on a regular basis? Like, so you see parts all the time, some big, some small, some look foreign and alien. Some look like they've had way too much. Some look like they've never been touched. And there's like 70 years old. And yeah, Some she's like really wax, badly uh, yeah, 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 badly scarred. Some badly have scarred, had many children. Um, yes, seen, like, tattoos. They've had tattoos, piercings. Seems, yeah. Yes, and she has to tell everyone that before a wax, all piercings have to come out. Yeah, oh, well, or otherwise they will anyway. <laughs> oh, they will come yeah. out anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. But better that you take them out on your terms than theirs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, Oh gosh, but yeah, it's um. Someone's saying stop. No, something about the public. smells. She says she has a spritz for that, which is it's just a mister that takes all the smell away. Yeah, you think people would just take care of the hygiene before they got in there? But no, some have just have some just have a no. Some she said some women oh. just have a smell, no matter how clean they are. Yeah, well, it's No, it's a it's a, fer, it's a pheromone. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what, Gwyneth? She's made candles using her vagina, and so the candle has the scent of her vagina. 
And they sold and it out sold in well. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it sold, sold out, out well. in record yeah. time. And yeah, it's and like, it's like that uh, 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 Instagram, I can't remember her name, which is a good thing, but she sold bath water. She yes. sat in the bath for five minutes and then put it in a jar and sold it on the internet and all these <coughs> simps, as they call them, uh, I think that's short for simpleton. A lot of men bought it because, like, you know, it, it was touched by her. And, yeah, I mean, I am an optimist, but I am cynical. So, like, you know, humanity, we, we win. We, we graduate. Not all of us. <laughs> some yeah. of us just stay here and, like, I bought some bathwater, really expensive. I haven't even opened it yet. <laughs> You just actually just give me a product idea, Mont. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very high vibrational. When I sit in a bath, lifts. I should sell my bath water. I should sell my bath water. Well, <laughs> there is a market. There is a market in Japan as well as selling your used underwear and vending machines. Mm. Yeah, vending machines. They're, it's that popular. It's like you know, businessman <laughs> comes home from Tokyo. Mova. Oh, hang on, I'm feeling slightly <laughs> horny. <laughs> I'm feeling slightly horny. I'll just go to a vending machine and get a used panties from a 16 year old. Those wacky Japanese. God, what is the human race doing to itself? Dear God, man. Well, uh, well uh, we've got a historian. Let's see. Is, is this the worst in our history, or is it just you know because? Uh, uh, Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. So I'm wondering, I'm kind of scared, like, what is this rhyming? <laughs> like, is this a good rhyme compared to earlier? Like, you know, the collapse. Well, if we rhyme, rhyme or... like, we're rhyming like rap beats. We've had worse times than this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, what's going on now is so subtly insidious in the way it captures and divides people. Mm-hmm. In the past, bam, dead. How many more do I got to kill? Out of bullets, use the sword. Okay, sword breaks, strangle them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Life was a lot more worthless back then. Yes, I think also um, there was more a belief of an afterlife. Uh, this is before like Freud came in and you know you know the atheist movement, because you know um, I will die for my God and I'll see you in the Elysian fields and everything else like that. Today it's you know, you know YOLO. Which I shared. I've got a, a great meme that I love. It's two Tibetan monk, uh, monks laughing their heads off, as they do, you know, the good ones. And, 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 and the monks says to the other one, and, and then you said, then she said, you only live once. <laughs> uh, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah, but you are kind of right because. Um, Coming from the conspiracy world, where they're talking about you know vaccines and there's mass death and depopulation, uh, as Andrew points out, they've got the numbers wrong. Like, <laughs> it, there's more than seven billion of us. That's the one. Look at the, see, <laughs> look at the joy. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, we don't we're not overpopulated. We're you know we have bad management because we're owned by idiots and you know, owned by psychopaths. And run by idiots, and a psychopath is a functioning idiot. So this is what we're in. <sighs> Sorry, it's just um, uh, a lot of people who like oh, the world's over. It's like yeah, I can still because <laughs> think about it, Andrew. You've got the you, you both have better memories with me than me because I'm a lazy time lord, so I can just remember now. I can't remember three days ago, <laughs> let alone t- unless it's uh, Star Wars. Unless it's Star Wars or Doctor Who. 
Yeah, unless I actually uh, open up. <laughs> like, I, I must record this bit and I'll shut it down again. Um, like the whole did UFO you, did thing. Did you go outside that- again yesterday, Mont? <laughs> like, you know, last week you had a really exhausting day because you went outside. <laughs> he had yeah, another Thursday. one. He had yeah. another. Every Thursday is a super busy day for Monty now. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, on, on Friday, I walked to the, I think I actually, I'll go, I'll check my post box, my letterbox. <laughs> I can't remember. But um, my, my Star Trek box set came in. So I've got 10 movies to watch. So that's long weekend. Oh, Yay. <laughs> what, I, what I could do math. Right, there's the options, Melissa. Should I watch the Star Wars, Star Trek movies, or or start using meth? I mean, mm, I'm, I'm, no, mm. <laughs> slightly a, a bit harsh, but my my thing is like um, this doom and gloom stuff. It's it kicking. Uh, we'll get these sayings out of the way. It is kicking the can down the road. Uh, <laughs> nothing is happening. There's still distractions <laughs> that uh, things are happening, but like uh, Andrew has pointed out. <laughs> what is new there's no new conspiracy theories everything's been said by 2012 the last Uh decade we haven't really we've been sort of waiting water oh i wouldn't say that some of us have been evolving (laughs) but in the big scheme of things it's like okay that's like listening to sean david morton because he was on an assignment for four years We'll call it assignment. He was in jail. Uh, so him coming back, he, he's been out for half the decade. And so he's been doing this stuff since the late 80s. And so it's, you know, you hear all the history there, but nothing's really done. Anything like for 10 years. Like what, what has happened in the last 10 years apart from no, the calendar changing? Like, like just, we- bef- just before Trump was elected, we were trying to come up with a new conspiracy and we couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes we're <Because> evolving <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no that's just it we've, we've discussed this topic before so sorry if i'm boring people out there listening but uh, the human race socially hasn't evolved since the late 60s um mm-hmm. socially we haven't technologically it's gone berserk we haven't evolved socially in fact i would re- i would render to say we're actually going backwards now uh socially mm-hmm. in terms of interaction and and what's actually going on which you know brings you back to the topic of the, the requirement the need for people working in in sex work um amongst other things but you know other sort of specialities but um it's definitely yeah we've definitely gone backwards in that now i'm just going to answer so uh people commenting on the background behind me uh it's this one device will not drop this virtual background and i don't know what's going on i believe Mer- mercury's gone direct and i don't know what's happening astrologically that might be causing these tech issues but bruce is having tech issues at the moment as you can probably tell because he's not here um, and so there's been all sorts of weird tech issues. And for some reason, this device won't drop it. So it is, I'll hop down there. It is QBI healing. Someone said, am I OB healing? <laughs> so, no, I'm not cashing on the, the better OB it's- one, yeah. <laughs> the better OB show, yeah. <laughs> um, and I do like the question that Colleen asked about how many past lives has Monty lived as a cat? I think that's a valid question. Let's let's play with that, Andrew. <laughs> 954 lifetimes has Monty been a cat? Now, the question so, is, is Andrew being real? <laughs> Did he just pick a number? <laughs> so his, his lord and ruler, Scofftops, who lives with him now, who just bosses him around all the time. Why is she, What's the karma? Why has she had to come in this life while Monty's pretending to be human? 
Well, because she's the one that motivates Monty to go out every Thursday. <laughs> right. yeah, by being, being extremely <laughs> annoying, so I have to leave the house. That's pathetic. Yes. On both sides. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> it works. Okay. It works. Next, yeah, okay. you will be the cat and meowing at her when she's the human. It's one of the very few human, humans that Scoffy actually tolerates. Um, I can tell you that she is remarkably alien. She's really cool. She's a very yeah. cool cat. Yeah, I'm trying to teach her patience, and she just looks at me and goes, you and your quaint ideas. Have, have you noticed that she doesn't really interrupt you in the shows anymore? In the beginning, she used to interrupt you in the shows all the time. You mean this show? Yes. Because all the other ones. This <laughs> like, show. No, this show. This show. This yeah, show she yeah. doesn't? No, not, not really in the last many, many months. <laughs> in the beginning, all the time. It's probably because I'm here now. She loves me. <laughs> no, this has been going on for quite some time. This is this was maybe a year, a year in the making. Because we yeah, were doing the show just over just over two years now, right, Monty? Yeah, April twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the time lord brings out the dates. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember it, but I can remember. I can use the calendar. Which one, uh, Robert? Which one's me? <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you're, you're the closet in the background. Um, I'm a bit of wood. <laughs> now I can't remember what show I tuned into. Oh no, this is how it happened. I, I um I was working away randomly uh, at the desk and got a message that something was wrong with Monty and that I should look in on him. And I looked in on Monty and he looked pretty stressed and he was clearly having a hard day. So. I actually texted Mont and quickly said to me, okay, what's going on? And he said, oh, I had a really big day yesterday. I just it was really. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, I've just finished the show with Andrew, doing a show with Andrew. I talked about it there and, I, and you know, go to YouTube and listen. And, uh, and Monty's enormously traumatizing, exhausting day was that he actually went outside. <laughs> so like Andrew and I, I quietly had a chuckle about that later. <laughs> No, no, no. He, no. he went more. He went out and did an improv group. Had to have a battery change. Had to go shopping, and then had souvlaki at the end. And you're forgetting the two shows as well. Oh yeah, and two, two radio, two radio hours. shows. Yeah, yeah. I love that you remember the souvlaki, but <laughs> yes, the, the Greek man for the Greek man remembers. That's the exactly remembers the souvlaki exactly. <laughs> Because you know it's it's so strange, like you know the souvlaki or gyro. Or, it's basically okay. Southern European, they they burn the meat, they add it to salad, and then they have like um, a flat bit of um, bread, and you wrap it up, and you add garlic sauce, and it's got seventeen different names. And if it's done well, it's delicious. It is. People are asking, "What's my favorite Greek dish? Leg of lamb, Greek leg of lamb." Oh, leg of lamb. I thought you said yes. Lego lamb. Lego lamb? Leg, what the hell is Lego, Lego lamb? Lego lamb. But I also like something called katsiki, which is lamb intestines uh, filled with other types of pork and lamb and highly spiced. Um, then some of the Greeks' pastries like galatabudiko, really good. Spanakopita went baklava, done when yeah. done right, and not yes. have been yayad by a like a grandmother that can't actually remember a recipe and pass it on to the future. <laughs> That's rampant in Greek in Greek tradition. Like you get a recipe from a grandmother and you go to do it, and it's like they purposely are self-destructing you. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. You will never learn how to do it right. Yeah, like you know, just yeah. like how grandma used to make. Like I miss uh, both my grandmothers have moved on, and I one I miss the way they did chicken. It's just that uniqueness in, in cooking. It's like you know, cooking is uh, an art and baking is a science, yeah. but there's still art in the science. And it's it's interesting where like oh my mum used to make the best blah, blah blah, and if you tasted it, you probably throw up. But for the per- for the kids, it's like this is fantastic. <laughs> to quote Mo, Mo like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. And I miss my my dad's mum's the way that she did chicken. It's it was just uh, a certain way. I don't, I'm sure yeah, you've just, got yeah yeah exactly. And then and then there are some more unique things like my very first time I went to Greece. Um, so I'm with my dad and he hadn't been back in 41 years. He left and never went back. And it's really, really funny stories. So he's like, all right, we're going to go get some American food. We're going to go and have pizza. So we went to this place that was down by the sea. And as a sign, it says pizza. And guess how the pizza came out? It came out where the dough was clearly like regular bread dough. And then mm-hmm. in the center was a whole bunch of cheese that was like a caseri cheese. So very hard cheese liquefied with a deep fried fish with a whole head in the center. <laughs> that was the pizza. Uh-huh. Okay. No red sauce, no nothing. And then olive oil and lemon juice on the, the deep fried fish. Uh-huh. Was it tasty? Yes. Was it pizza? No. 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 <laughs> And then uh, overall, my most favorite food in Greece, I mean, because there's so many unique ones, but was the actual traditional gyro, which is made with um, be- uh, pork belly and and um, uh, pork loin. If it's like the gyro meat here in the United States is, is not gyro meat. Like when it's actually made with pork belly, they got to understand pork belly is like the filet mignon of the pig. That that was the flavor was so amazing, and then my first experience walking around in downtown Athens, I go, why has everybody got fucking corn on the cob and chewing on it? Because it's like their national like dessert dish. Everywhere they go, somebody's got you know corn on the cob on a grill and selling it. Mm. And it was unique to having a beer walking down the street with a beer and a corn on a cob. They go together really well, though. Yes, they do. The corn on the cob. Yeah. But we've got um, <laughs> probably. This is not pizza. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have some really great friends that are Greek, and um, my family's, you know, my family, my immediate family. I'm, I mean, it's just me, but I've got a lot of kids. Our family's loud and full of laughter, and the house is full of great food. I love cooking, so I, I love the science of cooking. So I love cooking, and so it's always that. But um, I've got couple of friends a couple of families that are Greek families that we're really close to and we always have to kind of brace ourselves for the family interaction you know because it's just the best experience ever to go and have a dinner with the big Greek family and it's hysterical and it's loud and it's fun and it's we just have a ball but my kids hit overload like my kids will just be like oh my god like it's just so loud so big so on. And there's just food, 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 and they're forever trying to feed us. Like it's just make that. You're, you're up, too you know? skinny. What are you doing? You need <laughs> you need to put on weight. Right. You can like, walk just, on your legs free you know, without without love, support. I love all the Greek ERs that are doing that to us. Yeah, yeah. I love the ERs that are, that are 
feeding us up and we're not eating enough and we're nurse, you know and it's just the, the love and the incredible relationship with those families is just amazing and it's uh, we love doing it but we always come home just absolutely overloaded with yeah. sensory stuff but it's um <laughs> God. Now the other thing is, is 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 doing a whole lamb on the spit, which is like doing do a roast. Well. Oh, that is that's the best. That's or a goat or what whatever it is. That that's just to die. That's that's like top notch five star cuisine for me. Look, next time you and I are in the same area on <laughs> earth, anytime. <laughs> um, I I do a phenomenal leg of lamb. And and I go the Greek palate when I do it, so yeah. I will do that for you. Because uh, when I say oh, to people well, I'm doing that, I end up with hundreds at my house. So yes, yep. yes, allegedly, <laughs> not me. Alleg- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Melissa, uh, we, uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring you. In oh, you should plan. have my chicken mignons. My chicken mignons, people yeah. line uh, up for. This is my yeah. cunning plan. Like we don't actually. I mean, you can leave the country. Yes, I'm not saying you're not allowed to. But but all our international <laughs> friends can come here. Because I'm tired of going, you know, everyone going like, because um, we're so far away. It's like, yeah, come here. There's room. You'll probably want to stay because it's so far to go. <laughs> so, yeah, mm. I'll talk to Sean. I'll talk Long to Andrew. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm swaying on Bruce because, oh, I'm not really interested. It's like, oh, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> One for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can come to but- Australia. And, and, I mean, it's the oldest living uh, civilization on the planet. What's Monty's potluck dish? What's your special dish, Mont? Uh, he does cook for himself, everyone. This is a well-equipped man, ladies, I tell you. Well, <laughs> see, I'm alive. My mum said, do you cook? I'm alive, aren't I? So at some point, yes, I would have eaten. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, simple. I, I'm, I like to get uh, toast some bread and then uh, put a thin layer of Vegemite. That's the trick. A thin layer, not you just dab butter. it, everyone. You don't spread it; it's dabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. thin, yeah, and hopefully um, it's it's uh, soft enough instead of actually breaking through the bread because it's like solid. Then putting cheese on, and then putting that under the grill, and having toasted cheese with Vegemite as well. No, he does actually cook real stuff as well, not just yeah. I know, I do, uh, but he's um, no one listens I, to. Me. <laughs> I said I no one listens. Um, I listen to you, Monty. You cook sausages <laughs> very well. You cook minced meat very well. You he cook does. frozen pizza. He's a grandmaster frozen pizza cuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Five years ago. <laughs> but I want to talk about the grandma thing. The whole theory of food tastes better when made with love, right? That's that you hear mm-hmm. that all the time. I honestly yeah. believe it. When it comes to like the parental relationship, if you're a parent of a child, without a doubt, that's a karmic relationship. But the relationship between a grandparent and the grandchild and anyone that's a grandparent out there and enter the chat room, people, um, tell us about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate that people thing. Sorry about that. Um, but sorry that I did that. But absolutely, the relationship between grandparent and grandchild is a spiritual relationship. It's a whole different level to the parental relationship to a child. Um, and we go right into that. So with, there's no doubt in my mind, and I agree with Mont, like um, when my grandmother's cooked food for me, it was the best food ever. But mm. my, you know, because they, but without a doubt, well, mm-hmm. the grandmother loved me anyway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, the grandmother loved me. But, um, but, and I'm sure that that's part of it. I'm sure that, that it's part of that incredible relationship with the grandparent role that 
the food that comes from them is as nurturing and as nutritional spiritually as it is physically for anyone to. Well, um, I have a theory about that. It's because the grandparents are like, oh, cool, uh, another human, I can start again because I failed with the children. And if uh, the little ones get too annoying, you can hand them back to the parents. So there's a mm-hmm. way out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I have a grandma story. I have a grandma story. So my grandmother, she insists you can fit 42 people at a table for 12. And this is a Greek thing. <laughs> so anybody that's that. Greek, anybody that's Greek in the room knows exactly what I'm talking about. 42 people can be at this table and you have the, the arguments of where to put the, all the stuff. So my brother brought a girlfriend over and it was like the first time bringing a girlfriend to family, a family Christmas dinner. And so she's vegetarian. And she's beginning to experience some of the more unique Greek foods, something that's called tatama. You guys know what that is? It's fish roe. Yes. And it's very tart. And she bit into it, not realizing what it was and the look on her face, like she was ready to vomit. And then when it came time for the lamb, she's like, I'm vegetarian. And my grandma's like, that's fine. The lamb's grass fed. Yeah. <laughs> literally she just instantly and cut it and put it on her plate yeah. <laughs> that's the other fun part of uh, the grandparents just like yeah whatever <laughs> exactly that's, that's, that's like uh, that line from the movie my big fat greek wedding when, she, when he says i'm a vegetarian she goes oh that's okay i make lamb yes. <laughs> so, like, this was this is grass-fed don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so it's the lamb. That's what a coincidence. But I, like, whenever I'm catching up with that, with all our fabulous Greek family friends, um, they always ask me if I'm Greek because my name is Melissa, which in Greek means honeybee. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, Melissa are also Aphrodite priestesses. I, I prefer that one. But um, <laughs> there's lots of things like. But I always get asked, and I always say, "Look, I could be. I mean, you know, I know I'm blonde, I'm blue, but I could be from the north." and they all start to break she could be too she could she's Greek Thessaloniki yes you could be very from very easily from Thessaloniki yes yeah those Vikings got around leaving some DNA here and there after that they're happy I'm just part of the family (laughs) 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 the only way I would get out of that the only way I would I'm get a- out of that is I'm 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 I, I, there's a hint of Polish in my in my um family tree, so you know Scottish, Welsh, English with a hint of Polish because I think my great grandmother was Polish. She was born in Dusseldorf, but yeah, Polish or Prussian, depending on what time of the map was made. <laughs> so that's that's like Northern Greece, isn't it? Poland. Yes. <laughs> well, way way more north, yeah, but yeah, yes, yeah. North, <laughs> north 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 across. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. But look, on Christmas Eve, I do a dinner on Christmas Eve uh, that we, I invite everyone that we consider family because I don't have any family left or parents gone all that. So it's just myself and my kids. And so on Christmas Eve, I, um, I do a thing for the people we call family and it's turned into an enormous thing. I end up on Christmas Day, I'm absolutely physically shattered. I'm so exhausted from it. But that's where I do the 42 people at a table. <laughs> Like, at a table I for 12. Yes. I, just, uh, I do that. Like if I say to people that I'm, I'm cooking this, you guys want to come over and word gets out that I'm cooking one of the dishes that everyone loves and I'll end up with all sorts of people on the doorstep anyway. And that's where my table turns into the table for 42. And everyone just has to wing it. They're eating off their laps. They're, you know, whatever you're doing. But again, the house is just because I've got amazing in my own house. I've got kids that are amazing musicians. I've got this, we've got a whole incredible music area. 
and everyone's talented and everyone's um and so it's loud and it's full of music and laughter and and noise and and uh, and everyone knows that they just have to stay out of my way in the kitchen everyone wants to help no one can because they get in my way just stay out of the effing way everyone because <laughs> i'm dashing between ovens and stovetops and and um and yeah, that yeah, military that, that military fabulous. training that military training comes out <laughs> you, you get in the way you're going to get burnt literally yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. just don't do it mom's <laughs> so, got the tongs again just uh, back out so slowly i, I got i got it another is, greek another cooking. yes i got another greek food story so my grandfather he passed away in early 1984 so i must have been 10 years old and this is a year year and a half before he got cancer and passed away and I used to go over there on a regular basis because I had two older brothers that were too much for my parents. So I would regularly go over to my grandparents' house for a day here, day and a half here, two days there, whatever. And so my mom was going to come pick me up. And my grandfather came home from the restaurant because he was still working there at that time or part-time or something. And he comes home with like this stuff that he gets from the fish market, that white wrapper stuff. So he had some some type of white fish but he also had a whole bunch of fish eyeballs and he made fish eye soup. Now my mom came in and was like, eh, what is this stuff? And I couldn't handle like even back in the day when there'd always be a, a leg of lamb head, the whole head <laughs> in, the, in the, in the refrigerator. But I was, I was like, I got to try. I absolutely got to try this. And these were not the little eyeballs. They were the bigger eyeballs that like come from, the bigger fish, they're like big eyeballs. And he had like, he had like 35, 40 eyeballs in the soup while looking up at you. But it was full, it must have had seven squeezed lemons in it, eight cloves of garlic, and then a fish broth because they, he just cooked the fish down, heads and everything. And so yeah. it made this super broth that was full of lemon and garlic and fish eyes. I loved it. I loved it. And to this day, my mom couldn't believe that I loved it. <laughs> but it's it didn't look like that, that. it was a it was a pure clean yellow broth but the the eyeball like they will chase you around and make you eat the uh if they cook the whole lamb on the spit yeah. the eyeball from the lamb is considered extremely the delicacy yeah, yeah 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 it's the yeah. delicacy and yeah, I've literally been chased around with it on a fork. Someone's like the family says, Mindy, so you have this. <laughs> no, I'll take the eye. Give me the eye. Yes. Uh, uh, brains are okay if done right. I prefer tongue over brain. <laughs> no. My dad likes What, what about tiger blood? I've never had tiger blood. I have no, had I have had a tiger steak. In this lifetime, because like yes, you know, this, this, this this lifetime, uh, yes. Uh, a friend of mine who was a zookeeper, and their regulars when animals pass away, they 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 use everything from the animal. Well, that make sure, sense. yeah, yeah. So I had tiger steak. I was going to say was, it, was, it was very thing. much it, it was very it was very much like bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that begs the question: How do you know what bear tastes like? Yeah, bear is a very tasty <laughs> meat. Yeah, yes. I know. I'm asking you how you know that. I'm not saying it isn't. People are asking what haven't I eaten? Quite a bit. There have been things I've there have been things that I've vomited up. <laughs> I have a rule. I will eat it once. Okay. And, and I'm an adventure when it comes to it comes to eating. 
Now, like the first time I had brain, was I challenged chewing it? Yes, because I knew it was brain. It had the texture of brain. It chewed like what you would think brain was, but the sauce that it was in was amazing. Okay. Yeah, you probably, you Long, probably noticed. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Tongue, when done right, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm it's... not a big fan of tripe. Too chewy. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, me too. Yuck. It's a great Simpson thing. Yeah. Like, do they expect us to eat this tripe and laser uh, free from the meat board <laughs> is tripe? And the, the kids are like, yay. It's yeah. a good wordplay. I, uh, I like yeah. it. Okay. I, I have eaten Rocky Mountain oysters and it was a challenge. Let me tell you, it was a challenge to eat bull nuts. Okay. Was it tender? Was it soft? Absolutely it was. And it's about your brain getting it over. Like the first time I had I had chocolate-covered spiders or chocolate-covered ants. Okay? Well, give it, say, three to four months, and if the famine comes along, uh, you won't be alone with all these weird-tasting <laughs> foods. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, which I don't think it's not natural. Like how how many food processing plants have been set on fire in the last six months? Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. 18. Nothing's nothing sus. Somebody in the in the chat chat room, alligator does not taste like chicken. Alligator <laughs> tastes like alligator. It is, <laughs> it is it is the pork of the reptiles. Okay, <laughs> and That's it is an acquired it is an acquired taste. Now, I'm going to spin off completely away from this topic for a second and just say, Tina, I've got your back because I saw your question ages ago. And, and, uh, and so because Tina was asking, is Botox bad for the pineal gland? Yes, it is. But to spin into that, earlier Monty broke the heartbreaking news to me that apparently Justin Bieber is suffering from, what is it, facial paralysis or something? Yeah, bell-positive type of, yeah. And so, um, and I immediately had a look and said he's got he's been hit with a Botox injection accidentally in the nerve. That's actually what's happened. And so that was because I immediately had a look in when Monty said it before. This is before the show. Um, Botox bad for the pineal. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, Botox is, it, it's a very nasty bacteria. And so, which they want to believe is contained <laughs> so like in these infusions and injections that they're putting in there. But um but yeah, so I'm oh, sorry to break it, you know, to the Justin Bieber fans out there. I'm sorry for that. All, all three of you in the room, yeah. <laughs> Is there any, like, well, when, when he said that to me, I went, who? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, they, what the hell? What are people that's doing the, now? That's, that's, that's 4D just recently died? animation. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> And here I am spawning out, I won't dye my hair. I'm not doing that either. <laughs> it's just <laughs> higher cheekbone. There's, there's a point where they go too far when people's like, you've had work done because uh, you look ridiculous now. Yeah. Where like Angelie Jolie has natural lips. Like it's natural for her. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Those, no, those are like fucking like lips the, that have been hit by an iron. Yeah. I cannot state those lips are they like, yeah, no, that's that the point I'm trying. Oh, one yeah. day I'll finish the sentence. This is what I'm trying to point out: is before surgery, then they exaggerate it all, and it looks ridiculous. Like you know, even Ron Weems says you just want to lick the lips and stick it to something because it looks like a suction cup. And it's uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, breast implants because it's like you look ridiculous now. You you looked okay with when your natural shape, but now you can be used as a buoyance device if we're sinking at at sea. And also, you're going to have a bad back. 
I'm sorry, I'm 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 more of a butt man. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a breast man. Because every time I see big breasts, I just think, oh, that, that that poor lady in her spine. Well, ladies that are out there, you know what Monty likes. He likes big butts and he cannot tell a lie. No, I didn't say big butts at all. <laughs> so what kind of butts just do you like, stop Monty? Stop on the squats, everyone. Mm-hmm. Tell us, Monty. Inquiring minds want to know what type of butt shape is your favorite. Oh. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> they captioned this. <laughs> oh uh, my god! Uh, does anyone have some darts? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> pop those, pop that swelling. Balls. Thank yeah. you, Monty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you need to see a doctor. I, I like a a, a firm buttock. You know, um, fit, <laughs> not skinny. Fit. You know, toned, natural. You know, just you know, normal. I can't believe you've taken the moment to still answer that question. <laughs> Go on, you might put it out there. He will never, he will keep going on and on. He won't shut up. I mean, he has That's the ability right. to I look at my, <laughs> he has the ability of looking at my Akashic record and give me a survey of the last 10,000 lifetimes of, oh, so you like the Greek bottom instead of the Algerian bottom. No, no, no. He wants this version of me to tell him <laughs> on global radio, which has been recorded for all future time and space. Uh, I like fit, yeah. you know, healthy. Yeah, you know, one of my daughters went. One of my daughters went on a date a few days ago, and uh, and somewhere in amongst it, they ended up ten pin bowling. And uh, apparently, she was bending over picking up the bowling ball, and she turned around, and all these guys were like congratulating her date. <laughs> <laughs> you picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, they're all like congratulating. She turned around. She said, she sort of, and I said to her, she said, "What the hell was that?" And I said, "Look, I'm sorry. Genetically, we've got good butt." <laughs> it's just, just we have we've got good butt and so she's just you know, just baby got that, back yeah. <laughs> baby got <laughs> back <laughs> there was like probably there was like 10 guys were all like oh mate you've done well yeah good choice <laughs> just, just, and going yeah. back to this going back to this is why uh sex is like yeah those 10 men have no idea what a woman is <laughs> like, well done you've met one <laughs> and, and, and she looks good Tell us about it afterwards, because we have no, you know, the, the rise of the incel. I don't, I, I mean, it's it's such a um, psychological problem. There's incels, which is um, involuntary um, celibacy, cells, yeah, the celibate, uh, uh, but they hate women. It's like, well, oh, gee, there's a clue. Why are you celibate? You hate women. <laughs> is there a connection? I don't know. Like, yeah, and if they're heterosexual, um, it. it it's thing now. If you you're a homosexual and you hate women, you're just a prick, really. <laughs> just evolve. Stop hating on people. It's so weird well, somebody, it as well. Like some, uh, when somebody, women hate gay yeah. men, like the the passion they have. I don't know if they're upset that I can't have a chance with you, but Milsi, you've met probably uh, maybe it's just an Australian thing. But mm-hmm. like I, I understand men hating uh, the gay community because they haven't dealt with their own sexuality and realised that they're half bi or whatever. Uh, but when blatantly we- homosexual but- themselves, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's when women are upset with male homosexuals. I, I just find that like, what's the problem? Because like, strangely enough, I'm a man, and when I see two female homosexuals, like there's there's a lot of videos on the internet about that. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe I'm hanging with I don't maybe I'm hanging with the wrong women usually if, if I meet like or if, if any of us meet any of my friends anyone kids daughters whatever um if I meet a gorgeous man and and it turns out he's gay you kind of just go oh you don't go yeah. I hate you it's just kind of oh you know okay well that's off the chain well damn it but maybe I can convert them it's always the good ones <laughs> all right somebody was asking there. i have converted a few but a lot of people are now asking what andrew's preference is they're all i'm gonna i'm, what I'm gonna i'm gonna answer that so i like body parts that talk back now having a psychic ability bodies speak to me i started as a hands-on healer body parts speak to me so during intimate moments i may like a puppet energy, a booby, left booby might say this, right booby might see, the left butt cheek may say this. I like body parts that talk. It doesn't <laughs> matter what shape or size, it's what do they speak to me? What is the body language in that moment speaking? Now, to be more thing, it's not necessarily the firm, it's how it fits the shape, the human, the human shape. Because when you're in a lover moment, it's not oh, one part, though that may be part of you know, the whole journey in, in, you know, in engrossing yourself into a place or a space that just has unique energy. So it's how it speaks to me and how it's connected to the rest yeah. of the, the rest of the body. So like if you, if you have a hard night drinking and then the next day after sleeping 12 hours and you decide to go to a convenience store or a grocery store, and you're wandering heavily hungover, wearing some sunglasses, and people's body parts start yelling at you. <laughs> Is it that happens. a bad day? It yeah. happens. Like, yes, I just want some uh, cigarettes, and someone's basically going, hey, hey, Greek boy, hey, come in. Hey. It happens. It does happen. There have been many butts that have yelled out, look at me. I can't stop. <laughs> Okay. Well, like I, I, I mentioned this to Melissa before where uh, because I am a sleeper cell, spiritually I'm a sleeper agent <laughs> like, apparently this is the dream and this is where I have my time off I have no idea what I'm doing on the other side I, I must be working frantically and doing well but this one I'm like completely oblivious I'm totally 3D but sometimes when I'm you know at a shopping mall or shopping centre so yeah I went global there uh, I walk past someone and I have flashes like um, and here's a, a here's a pamphlet from the Akashic Records of my entire life. <laughs> like, I don't know who you are. Where do I get that? <laughs> and it's it's just it, it, I don't know if my higher self's like you. You have this power, but not right now. <laughs> it, it's mm. I'm not um, offender. Or it's it's not like oh my god, this person's going to go kill someone. Ah. <laughs> so somebody was asking what happens when the cheeks don't agree. Well, that happens yes. frequently. So regularly, you might have princess cheek. <laughs> And then, then, or angel or demon cheek. And then the, the, <laughs> that's the verbiage that can come out of them that I may bring back to the environment. You know, you know, drama booby versus princess booby. Princess booby wants the care and the caressing, and the drama booby just wants the attention all the time. Or the buttocks parts or whatever other part. Because <laughs> I verbalize what I, what I experience, and it's a unique part of the journey. 
some people <laughs> laugh their laugh their ass yeah. off and get, get to the point or where where they go you know during that that slow time so what does princess booby want right now you know <laughs> uh, princess booby we meet again yeah <laughs> you are you are my kryptonite princess booby <laughs> if you're an ambassador where is, is this your ambassadorship where is the ambassador yes <laughs> The chat uh, room is going right. wild. <laughs> the chat room's going wild. You guys are amazing. It's, not, it's hard not to That's, that's what we do. What yeah. <laughs> well, we're great. not doing this whole tears of a clown crap. Like, we like to laugh as well. Don't we? I don't like <laughs> yeah. it when comedians laugh at their own Robert's jokes. Robert's having trouble like... keeping up too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breast of jokes ever. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, people are writing down notes. Andrew, they want more details. Okay. Okay. Men, men that are out there, when you have a moment where you know you're going to have an extended experience with a lady, get some olive oil, ask them if they can get olive oil in their hair and brush out their hair and give them a scalp massage. An intense scalp where you're really getting deep all over the different parts of the scalp and brush out the hair because brushing the hair is one of the most relaxing things for a woman. And you got to learn not to get the knots, not to pull on. You got to know what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, don't be male about it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's, nice. it's, a, it's a very intense experience, a very, very intense experience, especially if you know you're, you're going to be in the zone for a few days. Yeah, and, um, um, and for the ladies, um, all you have to do is say yeah, hello. No one's asked me. Has anyone noticed that no one's asked me what I'm looking out for? But I will say okay. to Frida, who mentioned it ages ago, multidimensional sex, that's, that's where I live, Frida. Absolutely. So <laughs> so we are now I- going to inquire what is Melissa like? Uh, we won't go there, but the whole no, you're avoiding. No, 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 no. <laughs> then why bring it up? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No one's asked me. What well, what is it? I'm not going to tell you. Everyone wants to know what the single men want. You're so, just playing yeah. hard Actually, to get. You're just playing hard to get. Come on. <laughs> no, Andrew, Andrew knows. I've been consciously solo for a long time. So, and I was. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa, Miss Laura, and I, <laughs> Melissa, and I, this, uh, I have. We have we're on our Ponfars from Vulcan. You know, every seven years we have to have a release. <laughs> but apart from that, and it's it's great where like this all these people that are around and support us now. Obviously, not to get together because it's like oh sister. Uh, but it, they keep activating our sex drive, don't they? It's like oh, you need to do uh, this. People like, that don't like that we deliberately tried to both of us, and we didn't. This wasn't a joint thing between Mont and I. We both just decided shutting that down for a while. Like and um and so. So, so and then close friends that are amazing healers from around the world just really dislike that and keep undoing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's a survival mechanism because yeah. I mean, being a hermit, being being uh, being isolated, uh, not constantly. Uh, I do leave the house uh, past the letterbox. I, I have balance and I meet people. I've got to help my parents and I go shopping. So I, I make jokes and so I, I meet people. But yeah, being a hermit. It's awesome. You don't have to worry about yourself. You start looking after yourself. You argue with your cats. You know, if the house is messy, it's your fault. It's that whole, it's me, isn't it? The only issue that I have is the horniness. Because <laughs> you can't release that tension. I'm telling you. Well, you can once or twice. But after, you know, seven years, it's like you kind of need someone else in the room. That's right. And we're back to the topic of sex rights. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. Somebody was asking me what are what are some of the other advices that you can give. I'm a person that likes to give experiences to people. 
So mm, when you have a, a, a partner that you know you can explore with, I have massage degree, cranial sacral, myofascial, using that in a situation normally you could never touch those parts and do those kinds of unique releases and get body responses that enhance the orgasmic process, especially if you know how to do cranial sacral where you're holding the back of the head and the tailbone at the same time. And you're, let's just say manipulating the vulva with your mouth. You can get some very <laughs> unique experiences. Okay. Where you get the full cranial flow going up and down. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Go on you, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I like telling you, I'm pansexual. Well, let's see. Bisexual means you have, you sleep with heterosexual and homosexual. Pansexual means you fuck anything, you dirty pervert. Okay. <laughs> I'm pansexual. So, no, what you have sex with it, pans? Giving an experience to a person who's never been exploratory or has been very exploratory but has never looked into those other directions can be so uniquely fun. It can be more fun than the orgasm at time for a man if you learn how to control that energy and how to redirect that, that energy that's trying to force the heart on back into your hands and into the person because sex is a give and take process. You can take your side of the energy and place it into them in such a way where it puts them into that highest state and allows them to hold that state. Yeah, well, we, uh, I mean, everything, you know, electric universe, we are energy and we're multidimensional. So, you know, that's the other thing. <laughs> I, I put um, boundaries on myself. It's like, uh, I just don't want to like meet a sex worker and have 20 seconds of fun. I want to touch the face of God. <laughs> so, yeah. That's um, where it should be, though. That's where it should yeah. be. You should take it to every freaking level. And and it's not like when I've had lovers, I, I don't warn them. <laughs> like, maybe I should. <laughs> Yeah. I don't warn them who they're who they're actually engaging with. I just I do. And- I do. <laughs> I do. I just let loose and let them enjoy it. But as I, was, as I was complaining recently, they don't seem to get over it. They seem to become stalkers and stuff. So yeah, that gets a bit dangerous. But it's um no, it is. It, it actually. Is. That being said, you know, there's so many uh, tantric workshops and stuff out there, mm-hmm. and That's dirty. T- 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 tantra stuff. Is a little bit like Reiki, uh, if you've heard of the energy work Reiki, and I'm sure all you guys have. Um, it's become really bastardized over the years. Not Reiki, oh, well, Reiki has too, but Reiki and, and um, tantric stuff has become really bastardized. It's or tantric Reiki. Just, that's re- that's a real thing. Tantric oh, Reiki. Yeah, it's crazy. Is, yeah. yeah. And it's um, and all of those have become just yeah. Um, so while we're saying about all that amazing connection, what you can do and how you can do it, we're not. I, I'm personally not recommending going down that tantric path. Nope. Body painting is my other most favorite thing. So after you've had a unique orgasmic experience and you're in that super relaxed state, body painting is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Love it. Love body <laughs> painting. Yeah, I can't think of a joke. It was like, yeah, cool. That sounds I've, got, cool. I've got heaps of funny stories, but they're all, I don't want to sort of out anyone. So <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, what? this is not a confession. This is a comedy show. <laughs> it's one time so- at band camp. <laughs> Where did the food go? <laughs> but, the old night the old night flute yeah well yeah <laughs> but like in, in a single sentence the best sex is sex where you genuinely connect that's yes. it yes so it's not a paint by numbers you know like it's not one of those sex by numbers this is what i'm doing and it's certainly not what's put out there in fucking porn uh that's just so goddamn stupid 
and disconnected and harmful and yeah. But um, well, because everyone's different, and it, it comes down to an element of communication. Like that's you, right. You, you have to talk. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> A like few of them have showed up like up. that because <laughs> I do. I do airbrushing. Um, and I've incorporated airbrushing into my healing. So it's kind of like acupuncture with air. And after you've had a moment where a body has been highly motivated into that level, you'd be surprised what that air, what that airbrush does and how fast it will motivate more orgasmic states. I'm just wondering, you don't live in a small town because like everyone would know when you were successful on a date <laughs> because this person's walking around painted completely. Oh, that bastard kid's dead well. Look at that. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Using the massage skills and the healing skills, which is a no-no in, in the normal client-patient relationship. But when you're in an intimate relationship, there are some very unique things that you can create that are not only extremely fun, but powerful sexual healing, powerful sexual healing. Yeah, well, they're not a patient. So, I mean, that... <laughs> Robert, why? why? <laughs> that, that, that's actually a, a search link for some really beautiful body paintings. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's why so, I, I can't show them all on here, but there's some amazing <laughs> bodywork painting out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So doing airbrushing on the body, like actually painting the whole body with the airbrush, like the, the whole body based inks and everything. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You still have to leave a small patch at the back. like No, these, these, or, these, yeah. no, no, no. These, these paints are designed for the body. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. allow the skin to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So what you do is you put rubbing alcohol instead of water for the paint. Oh, okay. So it dries very fast. It dries very fast. And then when using what's called a tint or a glitter style or a fluorescent, you can make the curves glow, quite literally glow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, We're doing uh, black, light uh, paint, black light body painting. Yeah, UV lighting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing, but differently. Uh, and, of course, that's big in the, uh, the dance scene whatever it's called now, techno, rave, EDM, you know, you know, drum machines turned on for 12 hours. Uh, but, you know, those type of festivals where, um, yeah, yeah uh, you know, hippies like them as well. So, I mean, I just finished watching um, Pistol, which is the story of the Sex Pistols uh, done by uh, Danny Boyle. And, and, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> like, going back, we haven't evolved that much. And that's what, like, the, you listen to uh, the Sex Pistols and it's like, oh, yeah, the band Tism have a great lyric. Paul McCartney said that the Sex Pistols are just playing Chuck Berry. At the time, I thought you boring old wanker. Now I think it's quite scary because how we it, people keep recycling the same music over and over. It's There's not much good, like, I mean, Gene Simmons says his rock is dead and then walks on stage to a full stadium and play, you know, 40 year old songs. But you know, I don't listen to him. Yeah. He, he really hates people that take drugs, but he slept with 3000 women. So I don't know. Should I listen to the, a slut about my drinking problem? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and, uh, 
maybe <laughs> the galactic historian with the ambassador are like maybe you know you're not part jewish are you maybe you no. should you know, sit there maybe and should. have a look with you hey what what harm can come from this <laughs> no, never mind <laughs> i was gonna say something <laughs> no, believe <it> me. <laughs> well i mean what you're, you're what you're part of twenty thousand soul families i'm sure there's a jewish mm. chap at the back going hey Hi, yeah. how are you? I've got a nice Jewish lady for you to meet. If you just convert, <laughs> yeah, come over. You gotta drop. We'll... You gotta drop the whole galactic historian thing, but you'll be part of the family. Yeah, you'll become an accountant. <laughs> break some. We'll get you a good. We'll get you a good hat. You'll learn to grow the curls. Do you like living on the east side? We have a bright place. Yeah, a you'll be a Jew. You'll be a jeweler. <laughs> Do you like wearing hats? <laughs> <laughs> I like no, no, yes. Um, Mitz has said, Melissa, you did not tell us what you. Mitz has said, you did not tell us what you like. You avoided it. Come on. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase. Okay, I'm as a celebrity, point. yeah, as a celebrity, celebrity who would like you. Know, oh, he's not say like Brad Pitt of the nineties or um, uh, the Fonz in the eighties. Well, like, can you choose a celebrity that you know a style? Actually, I can't. That's a so really you great don't like men at all, <laughs> or is it just a? It's a so is it a frequency-based thing? Me. Is it yeah? Because you can see through them, which uh, it's a great sentence. <laughs> I see through you. Uh, yeah, I see all but, of you, dude. So, but you, it's um because you're multidimensional. Like yeah, as I said, I'm very three D. You know, um, uh, alphabet agencies. I can be honey potted at any moment. <laughs> I can tell like, you. I can tell you purely physical things I don't like. Um, no, 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 it's what you like. It's what you like. No, don't avoid so, the question. No, no, I don't. But um, no, I do love men. I don't hate men at all. <laughs> but um, but um, I, I, one of the things that are absolute off for me was uh, is saggy man boobs. I just I don't know why, but <laughs> saggy. Well, like they're really saggy, saggy man boobs. Man boobs. <laughs> like, so do you like the men that, that can fl- that that lift their pecs up? One, one of the things I love about like the human body and human connection is the opposing structure of the male female body or the male fe- masculine feminine i love that the the soft sweet roll of the curve meets the sharp angular of the masculine and and all that is in balance with that and i really love it so i i love i'm i'm a very feminine build if you like uh, physically and i and i love oh, the opposite in the man okay but, i wanted um, the question i wanted the question down who would you yeah. like to meet who's male in celebrity sort of popular, you know. Well, I don't know. I, I don't oh, look for at the love of celebrities. Like, I don't. I, I love men, but I can't point out one. Okay, Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> yes or no? Matthew oh, McConaughey, no. yes or no? No. Yeah, yeah. yuck. Um, and yeah, George no, Clooney. Um, in the old days, yeah, not now. So you, you um, know, that's, that, that's enough. I, we got an answer. Like, exactly. Like, yeah, George George Clooney from '92. <laughs> But but it is like in, uh, yeah no look I love someone that's athletic that can keep up with me um, <laughs> but, um, I love someone athletic I don't like doing all the work and um, but uh, yeah I like someone like when I say look after themselves I'm not talking I really um, if you're ripped up and like you've got three percent body fat and all that stuff I will admire the work that you've done but I will avoid you like the plague yeah, because. You're so too much time. And, yeah. like, too much time yeah. is spent on doing it. But I I could see you like even just platonically standing next to Taylor Hawkins when he was alive. From Food oh Flyers. yeah. They nailed it. That's gorgeous. 
Yeah. Thank you. Um, but that's everything me. <sighs> that that's, only took 20 inte- minutes. That's intelligent. That's talent. That's, yeah, that's yeah. everything me. Like you're, you're, what you're nailing there is that I love someone. What do they call it? I love so I'm definitely sapiosexual. I need you to have a degree of intelligence and I need you to have humor for me to be even remotely attracted to you, even physically. Mm. And so oh, yeah. it's. Um, <laughs> Any ladies that want to try and meet me, I, you, you have to come here. <laughs> and also, don't what? say you're funny every 30 seconds. You're funny. It's like, yeah, we met at a stand-up comedy show when I was performing. I know I'm funny. That's one thing is a pet peeve as a comic. You're funny. You've said that 18 times. <laughs> Please. Yeah, I want intelligence. And make me laugh. Um, so what what so is a big turn off? For, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is a big turn off for me as a person that's going to try to compete psychically all the time? First thing oh. first, I never compete with anyone. I'm a non-competitional being. And that's so I, had, I find these very awkward dating situations where they're always trying to compete. And that's a big, giant turnoff. Just be who you are. Yeah. Okay. Or, or they're always asking questions. Ask, 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 even in the middle of intimacy, asking questions. <laughs> so why did Aren't you psychic? Like- Didn't you already know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that's I- what I fuck with them. <laughs> like, yeah, you were a really fat princess. <laughs> you never were really good at being a princess. <laughs> I started fucking with them. And like, are you really? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> it's but have, that's a I really big turnoff. Yeah. I, I did have one experience where I actually was like sexually with someone and um and he said, Oh wow, that feels so good. And I said, I said, Yeah, it does. You must be psychic. And he didn't get the joke. And the fact that he didn't get the joke was like, Well, that's all over. I'm getting quite turned off already. <laughs> just, I feel so good. Oh, you must be psychic. But um, yeah, apparently cracking yeah. a joke during sex was too much for him. But, um, but yeah, uh, I'm not man. picky at all. Actually, like, um, yes, you are. What, You're picky. What, you turned off. Yes, you are. <laughs> we are. But what someone looks like is way down the list of whether or not I, I want to be with them sexually or, or at all. Um, but I was married to a guy that was, he's like a foot shorter than me and he's nothing to look at. Um, like, that sounds horrible. But, you know, conventionally, you would not have picked that I, it was always a shock to people that that was my husband. Um, yeah. Is it, is it like that was, when you look at couples, as like yourself and him, they would have thought, he must be funny. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and, that's, and actually that all he was, he was funny uh, yeah. back then, but he, um, he was funny and that's all he was. He was, he was but he was, yeah. Um, but so, uh, you know, obviously the whole looks thing, what someone looks like physically is not a huge thing for me. Um, and it's, it's way more about connection. It's way more mm. about that. But um, well, let's see how much yeah. time I give him. And, and like uh, with my mum and her partner, I remember you saying like they've done this before, like because uh, they both got married, had kids, two each, and then found each other. It was really, mum moved two hours away and found a boyfriend a 10-minute drive from where she used to live. So she moved and then came back. But, like, let's talk about that, where uh, they use the term twin flames and, and, and soul stuff. Yeah. Now, it's not that's not everybody. It depends on different lifetimes. Like, I mean, I, I had an uh, interesting relationship where uh, I had a flashback of her and myself on top of uh, buildings in Japan in uh, 1503, having a, a sword fight and she stabbed me in the kidney and I'm like, okay. 
So we've obviously met before. <laughs> so it, it, it's not hard and fast. Everyone meets their twin flame in their lifetimes because uh, it, depending on what is agreed to and uh, what is actually um, <laughs> to be achieved. So, yeah, but sometimes people do it. Like, um, I don't know, because we're going... What is the best way of explaining what's going on? I'm just, I call it the change. I can't call it um, uh, the ascension because not everyone's going through it. And, you know, we're doing what, Andrew, what would you call this epoch of time between 2012 and 2035? What's a, you're a historian. What would this be labeled as? That for, for, men, for men, conspiracy blue balls. And for women, the orgasm that was one second long. Oh, that's sad yeah. for everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're not going to tell me what? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah that's my answer. Gonna... That's my answer. Okay. <laughs> so as we go through these times of blue balls, <laughs> you don't get your gloom and doom destruction. The can just gets kicked down the road. Yeah. Anyway, there's this change, and so uh, I don't know how many people like. Um, you'd think after the the lockdowns there would be a baby boom. But apparently there was more divorces because people were forced into stay in the same room with their partners and they realized, I don't like you. Wah, wah, wah. All right, yeah, guys. I just, wanna, just, just, I just want to give everyone a heads up too, by the way. I'm actually a really bad flirt. And so not, not that I flirt a lot. That doesn't mean I flirt badly. Uh, I flirt badly. If I'm actually attracted to someone, I become hostile to them. <laughs> so that, this is Hell how male. I stay single. So you are yeah. a bad flirt, then. <laughs> yeah, I am actually literally a bad flirt. Too much. I actually, if I'm attracted, I, it just com will completely overwhelm me, and I'll be terrified, and so I become quite, uh, you know, like, no, stay away. That, that's so. that's that's being a teenage boy. You know, when people, you know, boys would throw rocks <laughs> at girls just because they like them. I don't become <laughs> violent or stupid. I actually just avoid them, and and apparently I look hostile. Like so, um, yeah, I, so, I don't understand it. I've been well, sitting Melissa, on my couch for in, years, in Japan. That is Melissa, that is highly sought after in Japan. <laughs> yeah. There's an actual name for it, it's called Sundari. And uh, the person in the chat room just talked about it, but yes, that is a highly sought after attitude in Japan. Uh, well, look, you've just given me an idea earlier, we were talking about um, dominatrix, and we were talking about, yeah, earlier, you were talking about the Brazilian waxer and her karma. Yeah. And, um, and we were saying, and I said, let's save this for the show, but I was saying that usually someone with that sort of past life experience, the karma that's coming from past life, but they often become a dominatrix say, in, in more recent lives. Yeah. And uh, I actually was working with a client this week that's a, a dominatrix professional. And, um, and so cause this is Andrew and I was saying this, what did you have this week that was interesting? <laughs> what's, coming to, what's coming to your room? But, um, but yeah, actually, everyone this year, uh, and I actually found myself thinking I was going to mention it to Andrew because I would love to know what her karma is actually in this life. She's, she's a pretty fascinating individual, this lady. And at the moment, and I've had dominatrix on this show several different times, several different that on a regular basis with her husband too. Came, we did a Christmas show, Christmas dominatrix gift show <laughs> was really quite amazing. People who, who know, know me know that on a regular basis, I bring those people on because that subject matter needs to be explored because people are sexually frustrated, sexually broken, and they got to learn what, what you can what types of experiences you could have that have a playful energy yet a serious tone to it? 
Look, our, our society, privileged society, you know, all of us with devices, um, is particularly sexually violated now. Like yep. it's um, so that's why topics of things like uh, the essential element of a, of a professional sex worker that people can go to um, and the, and elements like dominatrix and stuff. And all this goes back through actually all of the human experiences, um, but of the race, I mean, but um, but yeah, the dominatrix thing is a really fascinating one. And this particular lady's always been a dominatrix, but she is uh, now professional, does it professionally. When I say has always been one, she's always had very young, extremely handsome um, young men in her life that when she gets tired of them after usually about four to five years, she will just abandon them. And um, and then she's actually stopped that and is now professional. And she's um, and her story is fascinating. Like I would love to know what this contract is in this life for her, um, particularly because now she's professional and she's sharing I want to say the skill set, but the skill set goes far beyond what she's actually doing sexually or, or in their engagement as well. But um, she's taken up the role at an even higher level uh, in this life. And so similar to your Brazilian waxer who's taken her, her level of torture to a higher level in this life but and our- is getting remunerated for it. <laughs> they both are. And so it's... um. It's actually pretty cool. But what is, can you say, Andrew, generically, what's the um, background for a dominatrix? Why, why are they doing that in this life or in the last few lives? Most of them had, had, have had previous lifetimes as quality sex workers in which they understood the high-level clientele that they were serving. It actually yeah. allowed them to be human beings in that paid scenario because they were never allowed to be who they were in their rich oligarchy type life. Yeah. And so a lot of women who end up becoming dominatrix, it's really about a different form of sensual sexual healing. Yes, that may have an aggression energy, but not violence that is intended to do harm. Mm. Okay. It's more about control. Yeah. More right. about control because than about right. harm. Yeah. Right. Because those people who are always in control of everyone in their life, they don't know what it's like to be not in control. And it can be very exhilarating to them not being in control. Yeah. In a safe space. And, and it, it's, right. yeah, it's control and release. It's yes. having a release in a controlled atmosphere. And I mean, me personally is like, ouch, stop that. Um, or, you know, looking at it, you know, that's weird. But I do understand if you're confined, you know, that uh, 80 hours a week at work and you're totally in control and you're holding everything. Some people paint, some people go to a, do- a dominatrix and wear a nappy and act like a baby. Well, the, the fact that even in that really primal environment, they still don't have to make a single decision. It's like, it's like the holiday of holidays for them. It's like a vacation. And it's just um, and, and with so many other bonus elements, I guess. But it's it actually, she, well, again, it, it wasn't anyone. Um, I'm not here to judge anyone. That's not my job in this life for sure. And, um, and so I think uh, she was fascinating to work with this week. Um, and she actually contacted me because she has a, a physical imbalance. Like she actually contacted me for healing and we ended up talking about so much more beyond it, which is great. But um, the physical stuff is good. But, well, but yeah. Sometimes it's it doesn't even have to be sexual with the dominatrix. No. Sure. Sometimes it isn't sexual at all. It's just yeah. the experience of losing control. Yeah. 
With that said, we are going to open up the callers now. So (laughs) I'm going to leave it to Melissa and Monty to encourage our audience to raise their hand. Let's talk about sex, baby. And um, and if you don't raise your hand, Andrew will call you names because we're terrible at it. So. <laughs> right. Oh, now and you go, two men. You, you, two men have raised their hand. You yeah, chicken yeah. shit women. Uh, <laughs> see, name calling. Now, if you want to raise well, your hand, you go to Andrew reaction. Tells hey, me. hey, hey, Andrew hey, tells hey, me. hey, hey, hey! Stop, stop. Pause. Mm-hmm. Then I'm answering a question. Uh, okay, you, ra- uh, you click on reactions, and then you uh, click on the raise hand icon if you're on the internet's uh, on the mobly, which oh, is interesting. Idea. I thought you would call that a cell phone. Hmm. Yes. Mm, quiet. But there you go. So you, go, go ahead. We have four people. Oh, there now. it is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, just, I'm helping out. So we, you know, that could be a problem. We are, oh, um, raise your hand and half the people are like, I don't know how to. But now you do. So that's that's, well, yeah, oh, look, that's me. I just looked. At, good job, Mont, because I just looked it up myself on how to do it on this device as well. So ah, thanks for that. <laughs> it's a learning, yeah, a learning experience for all. That's so what like, I do. I'll, I'll put my hand up so everyone knows I can do it too. Here you go. Raise hand. Oh, is it up? All right. All right, Robert. Yes. Let's spin up the wheel of callers and see who wants to have a conversation. Uh, First person in this hot conversation will be Val. Signal to unmute Val. Val, are you there? Val is here. I'm sorry. Hi. Where are you calling from? <laughs> Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Georgia. Welcome to the show. What do you think of what we're talking about? Oh, I think that this is amazing because I have a friend who I spent the last weekend with who was totally like in a dominatrix like relationship and I'm not like that with her right like we're friends but you know I can kind of get that but it's not my deal um what is your deal (laughs) my deal is that I'm too like lovey dovey. Like I'm just like want to know the next trip to go home. Like that's my deal. Like I want to be like on the passage to go home to the next world. Like bam, that's it. That's what I want. Dating, (laughs) strange dating uh, thing there, but yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you have to do a lot of inner work because remember, you have to become, yeah, it's like people say, well, Andrew's perfect. No, no, he's human. No, I know he's not perfect. Not not you. There is an audience. (laughs) I'm not just talking to you. I'm just saying in general, not yourself. Uh, But as Andrew and I I agree, it's like once you, yeah, if you're perfect on this planet, you leave because you've achieved everything. There's nothing left to learn. So that's that's why you leave. I don't think that's necessarily true because there's a lot to be discovered in different places, whatever. I mean, I don't think that, but let me tell you, I don't think I'm all be it whatever. I just know I don't fit in here. I've talked to Andrew before. I know I'm not right. I just, I I've had the most like unequivocal kind of feeling that there's so much more I have to do here and I don't really want to do it, 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, you are here, and the less, more you shuck your responsibility of what you have to do here, the longer you are going to be here. There is no easy button out. Simple as that. There's no easy button out. Well, there is. You just do the work, and and, and comedy helps as well. So, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know this it. is a comedy. Yeah. Let me tell you, I've had it, so I know. I've been like untethered by that and very upset with having gotten it but yeah none of you want to get it if you've never been vaccinated hi darling thanks a lot for calling and we're going to move on to the next caller all right robert let's spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next all right melinda signal to mute Oh, this is going to be painful. There's a Melissa. There's a Melinda. Andrew, you got to change your name. <laughs> Where are you calling from, Melinda? Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Ooh. Welcome to the show. What do you think of the show so far? Hilarious. I've been enjoying myself. It's funny as hell. Good. So, do you have any sex stories or conversations you'd like to share with us? That's <laughs> <laughs> the first he goes for. Oh, okay. Now it's giving Melissa shit about it. Now I'm going to clam up. But other than that, <laughs> I wanted to ask about what happened on your hiatus, the mission that you were on last year. I don't know if I missed it in Ooh. one of the shows or if we ever talked about it. No, I got sick and was in the hospital for a while, had an allergic reaction to a medicine I was taking, and it took a long time to recover from it. So I was actually in the hospital for 30 days. And then while I was in the hospital, I developed a blood clot in my leg. And uh, because I wasn't moving, my body swelled up so much. It was, I was red as a lobster for like 30 days. Wow. Like, yeah, it, so, took a, it took a long time. And it's going to take a longer time for different parts of my body to recover from that type of anaphylactic shock I was in. And instead of saying all that, instead of saying all that, instead of saying all that, I just said Andrew's on assignment, and it was just a euphemism uh, because a Andrew didn't want people to know, uh, and well, till he could say something. And so from from now on, if I ever say someone's on an assignment, it's a they you know Bruce is on an assignment. His Wi-Fi is shit at the moment, so uh, <laughs> it's just much better when Andrew came back. He can tell the story that he wants to share. And that's what you heard, basically. Yeah, because so it wasn't really on. An, it wasn't an assignment. <laughs> it was. He was trying to stay alive. Yeah, because the last uh, comedy show of last year, I caught the very tell in. I had left it on, and I heard. I guess it was Monty and, and Robert saying something. I think it was Robert said, "Yeah, he almost died." I'm like, "What happened? Something happened to Andrew? What the hell?" Yeah. Yeah, that's just the physical story of it too. There's an yeah. awful lot more to what actually was happening. So, so yeah, it's just so much easier while while someone's going through that to say they're on assignment instead of freaking everyone out. So, and well, plus, technically, I'm yeah. sure contracted. He was doing something on the other side, so it makes sense. Yeah, well, big time. I, Ryan's on the, it. Ryan just mentioned in the com- in the comments to in the chat room. You spot on, Ryan. It was uh, on many other levels. It was enormous. And yeah. It's actually one of the blessings of the whole thing is for this lifetime's experience. It was what brought Andrew and I back together in this yep. lifetime. Yep. So one of the bonuses. So one of the more unique things that I got to experience. So because I was, ha- they didn't know for the first 15 days, they had no clue what was wrong with me. Not a clue. And, and so I was in a cancer ward. And so all the nurses are cancer nurses. So basically every three days, a new person would come in 
go through cancer treatment. So I had my own room because they knew my immune system was freaking out. My immune system numbers were like through the roof. So I would get up and walk around like every hour just because I'm bored out of my mind. I couldn't watch TV, didn't want to do anything. I'm, I would have hot flashes because my skin would go through these uh, heat eruptions because I had a situation called endothermic where I couldn't control my own body heat. Yeah. So I would heat up. And so I was like having full on hot flashes. And I would watch these people who would come in to get chemo, get really, really sick for three days you know, and then talk to them in the little waiting room or, you know, walk next to them. But the room that I was in, I was in by myself, but right above me was the air ambulance. And every night the air ambulance guys would come in and it was like meeting the angels I haven't seen in a million years. I yeah. even tear up when I talk about it. Every night I would tune in to those air ambulances. Yeah. And I have a whole different respect a whole different respect for the allopathic community because at one point there were 35 different people working on my case. They, like I was at the Cleveland clinic. They flew people in from Chicago, from Maryland because my blood test results didn't make sense. They didn't even understand that I was having an allergic reaction to a medicine and what, yeah. what was freaking out everything in my system. And now they're going to be writing papers about it because it's such a unique thing to have to be on a uh, on a medicine and that that you have, have an allergic reaction to, and the medicine was methotrexate, which I had been on forever to control my skin condition. Wow. Yeah, but look, while we're on that topic too, um, I you know that I work in in um, integrative medicine and all the rest. Very rarely, unless unless it's an individual that's an absolute a hole, I'm not going to bag out people that work in allopathic medicine. They're doing the best they can. They only know what they know. And they, a lot of them will work their butts off in what they do know to try and figure stuff out. And you'll hear me say it a million times that if you want to be diagnosed, allopathic medicine is still the number one place to go. They're really good at diagnosis. They're, you know, they've got really good tools. They're not necessarily awesome when it comes to treatment, as we're hearing, Andrew, but, um, but they're amazing at finding out what's happened. Uh, they're also really great if you've got an immediate trauma. When I say that, immediate physical trauma like car accident, broken leg, things like that, terrific. But in terms of disease and even way more, they had, have no idea what they're doing with viruses. But, um, yeah, it was... And it's not their fault, really. It's the system. It's run by accountants, right. and there's an element at the top that's controlling the knowledge. And Look, but most, pharmaceutical most, companies own the degrees that doctors do now, and yeah. so it's just, you know, you but know everyone, that it's heavily biased, yeah. but um, that doesn't change that the individual's passion is still there. I was about to say, um, there's a yeah. reason they go into it because they're actually healing. Yeah. Like um, my mum's experience where, uh, <laughs> where do I start? Where in the timeline? She had um, a heart operation and um, to be a heart nurse, it, it's like two, two years extra or, um, because you specialize. And uh, my mum would you know, start a conversation. So why do you do this? And it's mostly because I love it. And it's like, um, especially with today's technology, the way it is, if I can get a bit, you know, pedantic in a way, um, their success rate, uh, what is it, Melissa, what, 93, 98% of, for of heart, for heart patients? In that unit, yeah, it was terrific. Yeah. That so, I mean, obviously, yeah, they, 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 they don't, they lose people occasionally, but there's that joy of um, the team works well together and, the, the joy of uh, saving people's lives and it just make it, it's a form of service. Like they get paid for it. Well, but 
my, yeah, most of the people in the system before the system, the system crushes them, it's what they're supposed to do. They're a healer. Like you're a healer, you know, you're, you're both healers. You, I, I'm talking to the audience, really. You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I, there was a situation. So my skin, the dermis of my skin had swelled up. Like imagine in between the dermis and the muscle, there's a swelling layer a half inch thick. So do you imagine what it's like drawing blood through that? So they would have to find the top level vampire of the entire hospital to drive, draw blood for me because they didn't want to put a pick line in me right away. And it took them about eight days before they finally put a pick line in me. So they would come to draw blood every four or every five hours. And it was just to the point where they're collapsing veins. They can't get through. And I would just stick my arm out and I didn't even feel the, the pricks of the needles after a while, but I trained so many people how to get blood out of a body. You couldn't get it out of. And then people like, so what do you do for a living? Oh boy. <laughs> I, I do well. podcasts. I do podcasts. And then, you know, after a while, people are like, oh, you have a radio, you have a show. I'm like, yeah, I do this, I do this. And then some of the nurses, you know, in between be like, so what's it really like doing that kind of job? And and I tell them. And then it got to the point where because I was having these hot flashes, I couldn't sleep like seven days of like two, three hours of sleep because the nurses would come in every two hours to check on me. They're drawing blood all the time. And then eight or seven 30 in the morning, the, the, the practice students, the, the, the teaching part of the hospital would come in and, you know, they'd look you over from head to toe, take pictures. And, you know, I talked to them and, you know, anything I could do to help you, you know, people learn from what's going on in my situation. Um, but it reached a point where I couldn't sleep. So they gave me a sleep drug. What is it? Fuck. I'm having a brain fart. Um, not Lunesta. What's the other one? The sleeping pill? Ambien? Ambien. Yes. So they gave me Ambien. And halfway through, let's say, the night, like it kicked in enough where I went. <sighs> but I woke up. And I got up out of the bed and I walked out into the hallway with my little gurney and my, bl my blood dripper thing. And I look at the nurse right there and I go, I'm a beef shawarma. And she goes, great, Andrew. I know this is your first night of being on Ambien and you'll be just fine. Just relax. Be a beef shawarma. And I believed I was a beef shawarma. Quite literally, like a, like a, like one of those shawarmas that are wrapped in the pita breads, and I just sat down in the in the in the bag in the bed, and I started eating on myself. God damn, do I taste good? <laughs> now this is an example of body disassociation, because my body was in such a swelling state, and it was so painful the experiences that I was going through. But I entered this little kitty state, and the nurse knew exactly what to say to me. Hey, you're just sleepwalking, Andrew. You'll be fine. Don't worry. Just as, as as calm as that. Did this happen in August or was it July? Uh, October. Second okay. Yes, uh, the last September quarter of last yeah. year. Yeah, so September 9th, I went in and I got out October 7th. Yeah, it got that bad. Uh, Bruce and I just started doing the comedy show ourselves. <laughs> and that's where yeah. uh, I think we did two. At the end of the at the end of the year, mainly because yeah. uh, we were chomping at the bit, uh, as well as people were asking for it. So um, we kept the home home fires burning, and then Andrew came back at the start of this year, and here we are. 
All right, Melinda, thanks a lot for Melissa. Melinda, thanks for not calling. Let's uh, move on to the next caller. That's all Melinda said. Was there anything else you wanted, Melinda? I mean, you asked. Well, I can't talk about, about any, any sex stories. I have an adult son in the same room. He would be horrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he must, he must um, uh, accept that you had sex once because he exists. Well, obviously, but he'll want to hear about it. He's 27 years old. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. your age. It's not like he wants to hear about that shit. Yeah. I, if it was does. me, I oh, would. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, Robert. Let's spin up the wheel of collars and see who is next. James. Uh, let's see. No, Sarah. Singleton mute. Sarah. Sarah, are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Where are you calling from? Folsom, California. How are you Folsom, doing, Andrew? Good. I'm doing good. What do you want to talk about tonight? Um ears ears yes it's all a whole sexual thing ears i don't think they get enough credit ears. yes so, if you get a good story going oh my goodness mm-hmm. the whisper in the ear the blowing in the ear the, the the nibble on the ear the licking of the inside of the ear so ears are if you look at ears from acupuncture, acupressure perspective, yeah. it's in the shape of a fetus. And when activated earlobes properly activated through breath, warm breath, and then fast and slow breath can be extremely potent sexually for women and men too. And then the mastoid bone that's right on the base of the ear, when you are in a, let's say on top, on bottom position and you're holding the neck but actually put the fingers over the base of the mastoid bone and you begin a deep like relaxing process the mastoid bone could be powerful amen yeah. <laughs> so is that and why that, asmr is so popular right now yes it's one of those reasons but the, the thing is the ear can also be an extension of the vulva so there are pressure points in the ear that directly connects to the vulva too. That's why ASMR can be so potent. That's the ear is connected to everything though, because like isn't like the the pirates that would have earrings and it's the, in the right part of the bulb, uh, it's connected to the eye or something like that possibly. Well, no the earlobe too, down in the bottom of the earlobe, similar to what happens in uh, like traditional Chinese medicine and everything too, um, connects to the base chakra as well. So and then there are eargasms. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do <laughs> you care to, ex- to talk about your eargasms? Sure. Um, I can tell you there was a, a gentleman that I dated for some time. And he was a very tall individual. But his package did not meet the stature. Okay. However. How oh, yeah, I've seen that. However, how he enjoyed my ears made up for it. (laughs) Yeah, the elven ears? uh, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and he went in that route, and I thought, hello, that's that's amazing, quite amazing, because thinking that the, the package isn't meeting it, but Sarah, have you found uh, that when the package is a, a little, you know, surprising um, and doesn't meet, <laughs> the, you know, a little surprising, they, they're usually amazing lovers 
because whereas someone that's well endowed thinks he doesn't have to do anything because he's got to be. They think the club is enough. And the club, and usually they're the shittiest lovers you'll ever come across when they've got something big. And yet, because they're just too lazy to learn any skill set, whereas someone that comes in with a surprise package like that tends to be an amazing lover that's actually looked into and connected with and, and yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it sounds like this guy was well worth it. Oh, yeah. It was a lovely experience. And he was an individual that had very strong boundaries. And what's super funny about it is he was, was one of the um, L. Run Hubbard guys. <laughs> oh, oh dear! It, right, it was very interesting. It was a very <laughs> lovely learning experience, and he never pushed it. He just shared it, and he was fun to explore with. Only mm. person that I've ever met that actually had um, a semi shrine to um, Jim Morrison, and he listened okay. to the Doors all the That's time. That's not a bad thing. It was a lovely experience, I got to tell long, you. Yeah, and as, when it as long ended, as it's just a, sh- yeah, it's a shrine, and, and, he doesn't think he's Jim Mont. Morrison. Okay. Jim, Jim Morrison goes on my list as well, Mont. Yeah. yeah. Before he got fat. <laughs> or maybe during his fat, let's be fair. Oh, so Jim Morrison is a yes for you, Melissa? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, it's more yeah. than just the physical. It's the rest of yeah. the package, right? That's right. Look, Jeff Buckley would have been a yes for me too. Real quick, did he ever try humming through your ear? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then simul oh, humming. Is everything. Yeah, yeah. Resonance is everything because yeah. there is a way to get the the actual inner ear to res to resonate and flow through the entire head. And if you know how to position the head and hold the head with the other side over the occiput in the back, oh. you can create double ear orgasm at the same time. Oh, yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah, there's a reason why <laughs> certain singers get addicted to actually singing because of the resonance of actually, like, yeah. you, you've got head voice and everything else like that. And yeah, it's a very unique experience when you're belting out a song properly not just not yelling <laughs> but oh, when you're yeah. in tune and mm-hmm. uh yeah you got the right frequency and you uh amplifying it through your lungs and your voice and yeah the whole head starts going Ugh. oh i it, had a wonderful all, experience yeah. oh that's all right so keep going. Go, ahead. go on monty no i i, I, I finished <laughs> I, I sang in choir in high school and it was a fantastic experience and we had some great singers we broke down, there was a triple trio that we did and we did competitions and whatnot. And that was a whole total blast. But I understand what you're saying when you hit those notes, right. And then if you have others with you that are resonating the harmonies, mm-hmm. oh, hello. Yeah. Yes. So that takes, when you, you, that takes you right back to the om, doesn't it? Like right, people right. are actually chanting yeah, or throat yeah. singing. Um, so that takes so, it right into that too. When you do ear work, and, and through lovers, you get this glue energy where you're like stuck to each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Like yeah. you just can't move. You're like stuck in that position. And there's a way to get your fingers in a position and then hum into the fingers and have it come up the fingers and into the ear, which creates this woo, 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 energy with inside you. 
It's really, it's, it's amazing. It's a full body orgasm without penetration. Yeah. You actually For use both. your entire, yeah. you, you use your body uh, as a listening point. Now yep. the, the human ear itself is uh, use like, what is it? 20 Hertz to 20,000 Hertz. Uh, but if you're at a, a rock concert and um, there's a fun part why you, you get exhilarated, part of it is actually your int- lower intestine is rubbing together and causes micro bleeding and that yep. induces uh, adrenaline. So that's why you get excited. But also uh, a lot of deaf people aren't really deaf. They, I mean, they don't have the ears, but they listen through the rest of their body. Yeah. So I was with a deaf girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it was amazing because the humming, I, I, I like to do a humming process. And it was as if she was hearing through her ears during the orgasmic states. Mm. I, I, and it was a powerful, powerful experience. And I wish it would have, would have gone further, but she had some ongoing issues with her own spirituality. But I will say that was a very powerful experience being with a deaf, well, deaf girl. Since you're both awesome healers, because I've hung out with you so much. <laughs> like, it's like every time you're like, this is Melissa and um, she does good work. Believe me, I've seen it over and over and over. Look, just believe me, shut up. Uh, the ringing of the ears. Now, modern medicine, modern medicine says that it can't be cured or anything because basically it's the hairs being burnt off apparently and i mean you've worked in clubs andrew do you actually have ringing in your ears or uh have you found a way of healing the inner ear the cochlea so inner ear ringing has many reasons oftentimes Mm. it's a spiritual process of something's trying to communicate to you and you're too ignorant to listen you have issues that are blocking to you or it's so high frequency it only comes as a ring and you don't have the capacity to lower its intensity to words and then there are damaged ears so when sony first invented the walkman our generation has damaged ears and then the entire gen gen xers that had cars with 15 inch speakers everywhere they went you can hear them from five miles away you're going to have damaged ears and it's not just from the hairs in there the lobes themselves the inner ear drums are damaged okay and is there a way of fixing that or um... so that's a unique question if yeah, it's damaged, right. If it's intentional damage from loud music, probably yes. not. Probably yeah. not. Because, like, yeah. you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, everything is possible. Nothing is real. I'm sure there's a way of re. You know, I'm still holding on to it. I can regenerate, not like into Peter Capaldi, not a Doctor Who regeneration, but regenerating. I should be able to go to my factory settings with certain parts of my body, eventually. Maybe it's going to happen in three lifetimes, but you, you get the concept. Uh, Melissa hopefully does because that's what you do. <laughs> uh, well, look, but with, when it comes uh, to tinnitus, tinnitus is often, more often than not, it's actually a virus. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's where it gets really fast. It's really unique with each individual person. But I will say to everyone um, that I in January of this year, uh, my whole family and I all had COVID together, we all caught it. Um, and ever since then, I had tinnitus after having COVID. And so um, that was really interesting because COVID, uh, we could do a whole show and I still wouldn't get everything out about what the hell's in that virus. But um, but uh, that's been a really interesting one where I had to deliberately you know, go on a viral protocol. And I do uh, the work that I do in quantum biogenic integration, we do work on viruses really, really well. Um, as you've heard from Monty talking about his stepfather who was 
completely misdiagnosed, was in ICU with a few hours to live. And I went in and said, oh, this is an interesting virus. And now he's out and walking and fine. <laughs> so I lost a job for it. Yeah. It's but so he, fun um, when I, I tell people about that. He's like, oh, I was a carer for my dad and then um, I lost that job. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, he's much better. He didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a, I lost a job because he got better. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but. But yeah, um, so when it comes to tinnitus, there's a whole other reason. And then, as Andrew said, there's a whole lot of spiritual reasons as well. So when it comes to actually treating someone with tinnitus, it's a whole other adventure every time. Um, but yeah, more often than not, particularly through these um, manipulative and rebirth viruses over the last five years, six years, um, that, which includes the COVID series. But um, yeah, we're seeing more and more tinnitus is being caused by viral salt. So it's there's lots of reasons around it. Well, back to yeah. the ears. <laughs> For the lady with the ultra-sensitive ears, Sarah. So there are experiences you can create for yourself. And this is not a masturbatory process. It's as a preparation when you find a lover. So having very unique uh, horsehair brushes, camel hair brushes, brushes that are very, very soft, and you put just a tiny bit of essential oil in them, you can stimulate the ears in such a very unique way that they'll be an impressive part of your sexual journey. Sarah, uh, can you unmute uh, unmute Sarah? Did we lose Sarah, Robert? No, I just sent her a signal. Sarah, are you there? Sarah. Hi. There, go. there you are. I'm here, but um, I have some family things going on, so I'm going to have to get off of the call. I'm so sorry, but you guys have it's a okay. great time. Okay, you have a great day. Replay. You too. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, Robert, let's spin up the wheel of callers and see who is next. Dave, signal to unmute. Dave. Dave, are you there? I am here. The man, the myth, the legend. Dave, how's it going? Uh, it's Friday, the weekend. Always, always good. So what did you think of tonight's show so far? Really uh, good. I missed the first 10 minutes, so I didn't see how it started. But I oh, it was Breen. Oh, just, just, <laughs> it, it started oh, off with Brazilian waxing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, I came in at a painful point in that. I think Melissa was explaining something about yep. what's going on in that process. But um, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> that grandma's cooking, good. Yeah, memories of that. And like, yeah, mm -hmm. our our family. How many people can you fit at the table? Though the kids usually got the garage <laughs> or the little <laughs> yes, the kitty table. <laughs> the kids table. Until you got so old enough that you graduated to the big table. But has even less room than the kids' table. Yeah, and uh, more restrictive. But um, then the sexual stuff, acupuncture really helped me learning the body and, you know, different points, pressure. And uh, I took a lot of acupuncture classes because they taught Qigong at it. And uh, so I also have energy and I did Reiki. So it's combining all those tools into, you know, I think like each woman's an instrument and what music can you play on when you just have that sensual experience, you know, the ears, the scalp, the corpus callosum, you start uh -huh. that 
massage up there, come through the skull and down the ears and yeah, ear orgasms, you know, different, you know, ear orgasms, nipple orgasms, vaginal orgasms, and you find a partner that's willing to explore. Mm -hmm. and, and then you, uh, you know, you take it wherever, wherever you want to go. And it's, uh, yeah. And then, like you said, then that music that you're stuck together <laughs> because you've been in sync like that. And yeah, that's, those are the best types. But it, it's interesting being a monk for like seven to 10 years, isn't it, Melissa? Where it's like, I mean, you've got a, a good memory. I've forgotten everything. So I, I'm in that thing like, am I a virgin again? Like, do I have to start at the bottom? Yeah, start at like, you know, A is for Apple. <laughs> like, I'm sure it'll all come back to me. But it's like, there's that fear of like, you have no idea, do you? No, yeah. don't go talk to that woman. Right. You're an idiot. At least you hopefully I've stayed, you want, I've stayed single. I've stayed single and been consciously solo for that long. I haven't, you know, haven't got out of the game though, Mont. <laughs> like, I haven't been celibate. I just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, 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 yeah, okay, all right, fine. You turn <laughs> yeah. up to rehearse, you, you turn up to no, practice. I, you don't play the game, you turn right. up to practice. I, I'm at I home stay, trying to I find a new sex team. Fit. <laughs> okay. I school yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Monty, well, after breaking your seven years, hopefully you won't have to wade through the weeds to find the, the promised land. <laughs> no, I have to look up what you're talking about. It's been that long. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> what? You, need, you need hedge Wetland. cutters to get through that. <laughs> so will there be geese or am I mixing up something? Yeah. Now, I'm going to bring up, because um, Dave, 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 you're absolutely right. Like before you bring out any other tools, toys or anything else you want to do, you want to know the person that you're with, yeah, the yeah, yeah. sex toy. And uh, you've got to know them first. Andrew's a big fan of the, I, I can't remember where we were talking about this a while ago, about the whole full drawer of sex toys and everything like that. And the bottom line is if someone can't master me first, I, you don't pull anything out of the drawer. <laughs> like, like, oh, it starts with lips. No, no, no. So that was starts... that was for pe that was for people that were calling in that haven't done anything in so long, and they've let their sexual body die off. That they have to be introduced yeah. to those toys. Now, oh. for me, toys okay. only get only get involved once you've done the exploring of the body, just like you said. Right. That's eh? it. And only if they're needed. Only if they're needed. Sometimes it's just the nature of exploring. That is the probably the the you know the next part of the uniqueness of the experience. Well, as Dave said, uh, it starts with lips, and that makes sense because you, know, yeah. you start kissing. I mean, there's a great Monty Python sketch. It's like, uh, what, if you would like to make love to a woman, what do you do? Rub the clitoris. Rub the clitoris. How about a kiss, boy? You don't barge straight. <laughs> you don't run directly straight at the thing. You know, maybe a hug, maybe a kiss, maybe a, a nice romantic silhouette. <laughs> it's a no, good scene. I, it's from life, um, many of life, the movie. Um, I do have personal experience many years ago where I started dating a guy. Uh, he was fabulous. We actually, things were going along. We actually got to his bedroom. Uh, hadn't had sex with him yet and to impress me he pulled open the drawer on his bedside table and it was packed with all sorts of sex toys uh we actually at that stage hadn't actually had sex just yet like um and he pulled out my first thought was have you washed those like, yeah. like, <laughs> I was just like, what cleaning <laughs> regime do you have here? Yeah. Where the hell have all of those been and have you kept them clean? <laughs> yeah, what sort of sterilizer have you got in the house? And, um, and things actually, it was a massive turn off for me. 
Mm. It was, I, we never actually, we never got to even, uh, not turn, massive turn off, never saw him well, again. Can, yeah, can you imagine the, the book Fifty Shades of Grey, which I think we should do a version of um, The Grey Aliens. I could have <laughs> written that would... freaking, can't believe, I yeah, could have written but, that But so I mean, it's better. like on the first date, oh, here's my sex dungeon. Yeah, you don't start with a sex dungeon. <laughs> Maybe a, ki- you know, a kiss, a hug, you know, um, a, a brief encounter behind a tree, you know, <laughs> like, like, stuff like that. Oh, God, the, oh. Yes, <laughs> just having flashbacks of the drawer full of toys going, oh, my God, what the? <clears throat> but, um, yeah, yeah, because because when you're in, you're in sync with them, uh, like my favorite lover, it was like, it's different every time. It starts different, but, you know, yeah. and, and, and it's an exploration, a game, it's play, it's fun, it's sensual. And uh, just the whole And when experience. it's organic, when it's organic like that, Dave, and it unfolds. In, yeah, like you say, in different ways each time. That's that's part of it. Like it yeah. needs to be. But for me, particularly, I, I need that sort of intelligent variation for it all. Yeah. No one likes um, a dead. No one likes a dead fish. No. No one likes <laughs> the dead fish. Okay? How, how many people want a, a comedian metalhead? You know, I'm unique. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're really funny. Do you listen to Slayer? No, I'm sorry. This date is over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you can, you know, you don't have to love Slayer, but, you know, I'm going to put it on at some point. I was going to say, Mont, when you take a lover home, just don't open your DVD drawer straight away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just close the library door. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Do you, so do you think Slayer's first album or are you more of like Scar Symmetry? I don't worry, I've got Primus, Pink Floyd and, uh, and uh, Public Enemy, and even that's weird enough for people. What? <laughs> yeah. like Pink Floyd, Public Enemy, Primus, Porter's Head, Pantera. My my section of P is the weirdest collection of music you've ever seen. Uh, just to mitts in the chat room, she will not be allowed to touch the DVD collection. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You can watch the DVD collection, but you, you will not touch. It. You can watch it if he chooses what you're watching, but you're not allowed to yeah. touch it. It's, I, am, I, am, I am Captain Pedantic. It's a collection, not a it library. Is. Yes. The CD, the CD will not go around the booby and play the booby DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> and also, somehow we have to meet. I have to leave the house, and I live in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, little things. Look, just everyone. I will actually get him on a plane one day. I can see ahead of us. We will all meet you in the same room someday. <laughs> like, I've been saying Bruce that about. Be there too. <laughs> I've been saying that and about I'm, Rev Radio. Like just once for Revolution Radio, we have one staff meeting because there's 80 hosts. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a very short meeting, uh, but <laughs> 80, like, it's like, yeah, it's um, Andrew meets everybody that he's actually given sessions to. That will be a while. Yes, <laughs> your that seven will be a year, while. Yeah, your seven-year tour. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> moving on to Ecuador. Yep. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, things that you brought up, Revolution Radio, we're actually, bizarrely, this afternoon or this afternoon for Monty and I, but uh, in a couple of hours, three. continuing this conversation. Yeah, we- yeah, three hours. We're filling in for Sean David Morton on Strange Universe. I seem to be taking over his life um, uh, uh, via radio, and I, I'm not getting paid. So this is not working. We're all <laughs> like- we're all jumping in on that one. So the conversation yeah. will continue. And again, you can you can call in, can't you, to Sean's show? No. Okay. Oh, sorry. My apologies, everyone. 
No. But- <laughs> It's on Skype, and quite frankly, that that's the. Uh, I mean, that yeah. I better, turn, uh, I better open up Skype now to see how many updates it's going to. Yes, yeah. Skype, Skype is like MySpace now. It's a quaint idea from the past. It is because <laughs> everyone's zooming. Uh, so yeah, and, and maybe a certain galactic historian may be there, depending on sleeping patterns. Or uh, yeah. So, Dave, did you have anything else you want to talk about? Well, as long as you talk about other shows, I thought the one that you, uh, David Ellis and Emir Hargrave, did on, um, you know, kind of the whole squeeze, the apartheid and clown world is excellent. And if anyone hasn't seen that, you know, or listened to that, go listen to that. Yeah, we've been making a lot of content in the background. We've probably recorded 25 shows in the last three weeks. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for the content boom. We're going to put out when the election cycle starts in November. We're going to start in mid-August, blowing out content for people that want to walk away from politics. Yeah, and I've done two shows, and I'm still waiting for them to go up. I don't know if they will or not, but I know I've done two. Was it two or three shows that I was part of? So if it makes the cut, awesome. The two have already gone up. They were played. Oh, okay. They were played a while, played a while back. The one where we did on the sacred geometry cities, he just remastered that one, and it's going to come out. I think two weeks. Okay, he's only well, putting that, two shows a week out now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if you like, if you like shapes, and I mean on a basic level, uh, you know, like as a three-year-old, you draw circles or squares or something like that. It is fascinating to see the sacred geometry. Obviously, in the show, we explain what's going on. And uh, Andrew looks at uh, Washington, D.C. Um, and you remember the Steinograph? Yep. Uh, is it a toy? <laughs> like Steiner, that creative way, your circles and cogs, and you can make all these geometric patterns. Spirograph. Spir- yeah. yeah. Well, I, I live in a different country, old man. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Who knows what? It, you know, uh, circly things. That's what they sold it for. Anyway, my point being is uh, you'll find it fascinating because it is sacred geometry. And part of you will be drawn in, even if it's just like a millimeter of your soul. There's still a fascination. Remember when David first saw it, yes. Andrew? Yeah, yeah he, he was we, like, we Whoa, lost him. He was lost him. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes. Yeah, we lost him. Yeah, ten minutes. He's just like geeking out on just looking at the sacred geometry. Oh, and it's fascinating how it's overlaid on uh, cities and so forth. It's all in the show. But uh, yeah, I'll have a look at the show because. It'd be interesting to see what your reaction is to. Now, I don't really need to know. This is for you, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, everyone listening, um, yeah, just have a look at the sacred geometry and see what your reaction is. And if it's like, oh, that's boring, okay, you know, and you can move on with your lives. But I would guarantee you, because it is sacred geometry, some there'd be a little hint of like that's fascinating, or you get the other end of the spectrum of David, like David. Dave, David, we seriously lost him for 20 uh, 20 minutes. He was just like, wow, he's looking at everything. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, when you're playing like that, even the sacred geometry (laughs) takes a different form. Yeah, well, it's uh, the way that the the system in DC, uh, you, you have to give it to the other side. It's perfect. Now, obviously, the use of what's going on is not really. Um, uh, we would we, we don't agree with it really, but the it, it's to collect energy, isn't it, Andrew? Basically, yes, harvesting. Yeah, harvesting energy, and it's it's pure genius the way they've done it. 
it sucks that they have, but it, you can um, still appreciate the the intelligence and the the genius of it. Like like the inner belt and outer belt of a city with the oh, interstates going through. Just yep. you know, that's what that's what we have here in Charlotte. We have an inner belt and an outer belt, and you know, a north south interstate and an east west interstate. You know, cutting through. So you have lots of that, but um. Uh, on Washington, one of, one of the other things I'd like to talk about, uh, I went to the symposium, the UAP that you had Paul Hynek and um, Melanie Minor on the show, Re Ventures into Reality, and there was one presenter who showed this kind of tetrahedron above the Pentagon, and, um, you know, four different witnesses saw it, three had video, and Eight hours later, Trump signs Space Force into law, or signs his Space Force thing. What, what, what do you know about that, Andrew? So the sacred geometry above the Pentagon appears on a very regular basis. And they've created hologram machines and attempts to hide it. But sometimes the geometry is so bright, their hologram, the, the hologram machines don't, don't function anymore. And it is an aspect of the magical side of the creation of the Pentagon during the war when there were still wizards left over. And the Pentagon was made as a system separate of the sacred geometry. But where it was actually built is a powerful energy center. And it's meant to trap that energy center. And then all the people that work within the Pentagon, obviously functioning through the war, the war war processes and it transmutes a nursery type energy to be a nursery for warriors because the presenter also had videos from it above the kremlin yep. and kiev mm -hmm. shanghai mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, near um nasa and florida yep and regular these shapes regularly regularly appear above mm, the advanced military places of different countries yes yeah, they had a lot of interesting videos. The the presenter, I think Jaime Musan from Mexico, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, had, you know, I guess he put out 20 years ago, he put one on and told his uh, audience, hey, if you get a picture of something, video, send it in, we'll put it up. And he had a presentation that showed, you know, like 20 years of, you know, on stuff they can't explain. You know, so whenever you whenever you see this, the 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 not the, uh, sorry, the Senate house with a big one, the big dome get hit by lightning. You'll see, uh, and it gets hit by lightning on a regular basis, actually. The entire building start to glow for 20 to 30 minutes after it. Ooh. Like literally glow. And there's not lights on anywhere. Like there'd be a power outage of the city and the building is literally glowing after it gets hit by lightning. And then there are shapes that appear in it and get projected upwards also. Where are those shapes and projections coming from? The building or, itself. The building itself. And what are they? What's their purpose? So the inside is a dome. You got to understand the inside is like a dome to trap energy, and it traps the cymatic patterns inside and converts them to energetic or electromagnetic cymatic patterns in the upper atmosphere. So it's there on the mall opposite the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. All yep. that, that sacred geometry there is, is it concentrating yep. into yes. the it's focusing okay. it into that, into that space. Yeah. Yeah. That's at one end. And then you've got the, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the big pointy thing 
Washington Monument. Washington, yeah. Washington yeah. Monument, yeah. And then just north of that is uh, the uh, White House, and it is fascinating. So, yeah, when uh, hopefully everyone gets the the um, the update that that show's coming out because it is quite fascinating. Plus, you, you want to see David just stare at the screen for ten minutes <laughs> while we're all waffling on about stuff. Because <laughs> he, so, he just what's like, the title yeah. of that show again, so people can find it? I don't remember. I've recorded so yet. many. It's not up yet. It's not up yet. It's not up yet. Oh, no. Okay. I, was, yeah. I was just looking on the UC, um, UCM app. Yeah. Okay, it, it's it not could, there yet. It, Hold on, it's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be um, the insur- not insurrectionists. What? What? You know, we're trying to uh, middle thing, out middle, thing. The middle middle finger path. Yeah, we're basically figuring out. All, yeah, but uh, there was a, like a series of them where we came up with the idea of being a, a spiritual terrorist to um, stick the middle finger up at the system. I think there was that part of that sort of yeah. thing, and then we got to because uh, Amir was asking, so how can one person sort of fight against, say, sacred geometry? And forty-five minutes later, <laughs> David comes out of his trance. Uh, <laughs> Well, there's that great show too on the um, spiritual narcissism too. I think that one's up. And that was terrific as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some really beauty, really good ones. But sorry, I'm just digging around on the app trying to find it for you guys. But yeah, I don't yeah. think it's up. It's not so, up yet. Like I said, we've re- we've recorded so many in the last couple of weeks. It's crazy. Anyways, guys, we're near the end of the show. Dave, thanks a lot for calling in. Great talking to you once again. Yeah, great talking to y'all. And hit you me will. up on my hit me up on my phone when you're free. Okay, cool. All right, all right, guys. We are near the end of the show. Uh, Monty, you want to give away for people to get a hold of you? Wafer Thin Entertainment on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble, as well as uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I also have my own Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. I can be heard every Wednesday at 2 a.m. on Revolution Radio on Wednesdays mm-hmm. on Studio A with Planet Collingwood and most likely on Strange Universe, which is 1 a.m. Uh, Eastern. Now, that's East uh, New York time. Uh, and I've, I've been helping out Sean. I produce his shows on Wednesday night, which is my Thursday afternoon. Time travel. There you go. And uh, Melissa, maybe Andrew, and definitely me, will be on Strange Universe in two and a half hours on Revolution Radio at flamesleeps.com. And uh, you click on the Hawk's Nest uh, player and we'll be there filling in for two hours. I will also be seen at a uh, supermarket next week as well, but I don't want to give too much away. (laughs) Melissa, give people a way to get a hold of you. There's lots of ways to find me, guys. Um, If you want to go, there's a Facebook group called the irrepressible healer in you and on that one i actually do some free live streams and stuff and everything have a chat to you and help you actually develop some of the skill set with qb um, and healing yourself which is what it's all about but you can find me at melissahockeyhughes.com you can oh, oh for goodness sake <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um yeah com. if you go to the website there is a put your email address and you go to the free healing show for some reason, some people have been misdirected to a paid one. If you go to that, don't do it. <laughs> Come back, message me, like send us an email to the office saying that you're after the free link to the free self-healing course. It's only like a 10-minute thing. And I will send you or we will all send you the proper link so you can go to the free one. So go to the website, 
put your email address in. If you don't get sent to the free program, message us and we'll make sure you go to the free one. Um, yeah, all social media. You'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, all of the good stuff, Insta, all of those, um, and here and everywhere else as well. So, yeah. Easy all, right, every, all right, everybody, you know who I am. You can go to my website, andrewbartz.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or anywhere else. I highly encourage you to prepare. We have a solstice that is coming up. For those of you that are lazy spiritualists and C-plus okay. efforter, now is the time to go do your rituals and ceremonies. You can get a hold of me. You can go to the website. You can watch a thousand and one videos, 10 plus years of content. We will be back this coming Thursday with a live call-in show. Robert, take us away. different bubble of reality is true. A galactic historian is a person that looks at all the lines of dramatic karma. Nudge, nudge. It's the holy grail. Improvise. <laughs> Mysterious. It's counter psychic intelligence. Why is DNA farming of this dark luster so important? Because we do manifest our reality. We do create our reality. Hello, let's create, let's co-create, and let's change this world with love. No matter if you're from Alpha Centauri or Earth, we all began with the same birthing process. We live in a limited point of view. Living the mystical life daily is about striving for the unlimited point of view. Each day, each human being gets an infinite amount of choices. Living the mystical life daily is about facing obstacles and challenges. The level of awareness that you are working at means you have a responsibility to be equal with it. How does one truly let go of expectation? can make the moment that you wake up to the moment you go to sleep sacred. The keys to success. Choice, 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 and choice.